Hey everyone, and welcome to the Nerd Room, where we talk all things comics and movies. This is episode number 34, we're discussing Suicide Squad. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Sanjay. I'm Troy. Welcome to another week of positive DC talk, boys. <laughs> Yay. Before we get into that, how was your guys' this week? I mean, it's the first time we're all together in quite a long time. Yeah, we've had kind of a rotating cast yeah. of, of hosts and characters mm-hmm. on the podcast lately. We're back yeah. to kind of normal now. The yeah. holiday season, at least for myself, is done. Kicking it on the beach for a little bit. Oh, catching yeah. up on comic books. And Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> Do you read comics at the beach? I find I don't want to get sand in the individual issues. I'll bring out the... Uh, um, trades, but I don't really read the individual issues. iPad, man. Well, digital, I, okay, uh, digital comics. You're looking at me here, okay? <laughs> I never get anything digital. <laughs> no, I think it's the way to go with digital, personally, because like, I, I like to read comics, and it's sometimes the only time I ever have is on vacation is yeah. to catch yeah. up. So having everything loaded digitally, I can carry just on my iPad. My entire comic book collection's on there. Well, nice. the stuff that's digital, at least. Nice. What did yeah. you read? I caught up on Guardians. Nice. I caught up on Star Wars. Nice. I caught up on all the Civil War two stuff. Wicked. So wow. I'm up to date with everything that I read now, which there is you awesome. Go. Perfect. So there's some good stories going on. The Guardian stuff's great. Mm-hmm. So I'd really. Does they have a new costume, Star Lord? Yeah. So it's yeah. coming in Marvel now, or the all new Marvel now, whatever the hell it's called. Point two, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Cool. 2.0. Yeah. 2.1, 2.3, 2.4. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so you guys been catching any Olympic news or watching any Olympics? Uh, no. Oh. Yeah, you guys are big Olympic no. guys? Actually, no, I did see the, the relay, the women's relay race. Uh, oh, okay. 400. The yeah. swimming? Jamaica. No. Oh, the yeah. running? The sprint, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. all I saw. Nice. Olympics yeah. are dead, man. Yeah. What are you talking about? I bet you a billion people watched opening ceremonies. Yeah, maybe, but it just feels like something that's becoming less and less a thing. It is, but you yeah. know, I will be tuning into the Olympics for the trailer drop of Star Wars. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. dropping that, right? Really? So they'll have my viewing for sure. We'll see. Olympics isn't dead now. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah, there'll be millions of Star Wars fans tuning in yeah. for two and a half minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Turning it back off. <laughs> so uh, one thing I did the other day was I was uh, sitting on the couch, and I turned on the TV, as I normally do when you sit on a couch, and I saw that they were playing a Jurassic Park marathon. So Jurassic Park 1, 2, 3... And not, not Jurassic World, which my opinion is the best sequel, but that's a story for another day. And it got me thinking, have you guys ever been to a movie marathon either in a theater or at your own house? Yes. Yeah. Okay. What, what did you guys watch? What, what was your uh, viewing franchise? I got two. Um, clearly Star Wars is, yes. is, yeah, is the, the biggest one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before yeah. Force Awakens. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. Sure. You guys uh, crunched through all six? or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll start right from episode one. And go all the way to Return of the Jedi. So yeah. when Rogue One comes out, then are you going to go 1, 2, 3, Rogue One, 4, 5, 6, Force? Yeah, I'll even throw in the Clone Wars animated series. <laughs> wow. If I had the time. Oh, no, dude. no, I won't. But I will throw in Rogue One before Episode 4 and yeah. then after uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. So is that going to be like the new viewing order? I think so. There's a lot of different crazy orders, isn't there? Yeah, so it depends on how you want to view it. Like, I'm, I'm, I prefer the four, five, six, one, two, three. I like watching it in that way. Mm-hmm. If I ever do show it to a new person, that's how I'd recommend to watch it. Yeah. And I'll throw one in there. There's a, it spoils a lot of things, I think, with having the prequels because essentially, especially for someone who hasn't watched it, watching four, five, six, you technically most people i think know of the darth vader twist mm-hmm. yeah and some of the like the iconic lines in that but i think someone coming into it that doesn't know that it would yeah. be great to have that reveal in movie as That's opposed true. to it being spoiled in one two three right oh yeah and with rogue one it's probably not going to spoil much of the original trilogy but it introduces you some different characters in that mm-hmm. but also there's rebels too that's dropping at the end of september yes. september 24th i believe mm-hmm. 
And so that's going to be, again, building in that relatively similar time frame, right? Where we have kind of Rebels into Rogue One into Episode 4. So there's a lot of continuity that you can read. And there's books called World One Catalyst coming out in November. Nice. 15th. So that's going to be kind of like this preamble to Rogue One, I believe. Mm-hmm. So probably talking a little bit about the the building of the Rebellion. I don't know if it's going to be right after or during Rebels. So if we're going to get characters mixed in there. So right. we have a lot of condensed timeline in that kind of era right now with Rebels, Rogue One, books and all that kind of happening there. So yeah. Cool it's good stuff. stuff. So awesome. Star Wars talking for yeah, week. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have it in there. Yeah, you have to every week. I think we have something about Star Wars and Batman vs Superman. Yeah. So, <laughs> do you have an idealized movie marathon? Um, you know, for me, I'm gonna have to go with um, Shocker, Chris Nolan's Batman trilogy. You know, the way the movies uh, build upon one another. I would have to go with that one. I mean. Can't yeah. beat that. So. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally the agree. universe is dead and we have this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm not sure my cards are really here. Wow, I think Tim is being a really big fan of the Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> so this week we're going to do an entire episode review of Suicide Squad. So we're talking from top to bottom, major spoils all through. We're going straight into it here. We're not going to wait or try to do any sort of, uh, you know, non-spoiler talk or anything like that. We're going straight into discussing the movie, the characters, plot, everything, score, right down into the mid-credit scene, which finally DC adapted. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, right, yeah. So with Suicide Squad, so we're jumping back into the DC Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Second time in 2016 and the third of three movies Mm -hmm. uh, that we do have in this current universe. So it's nice to see them rapidly expanding this universe. So we got two movies in 2016, one in 2013, and we're exploding out from here. Yeah. So we've technically built somewhat of our foundation for the DC Cinematic Universe now. Yeah. Oh, I think so. I mean, we got the first, the second, and the third. I think now we can start to see kind of the fruits of their labor and see that kind of expansion around not just Batman and Superman, which is nice because, as I said, I think it was last episode, DC hasn't had a hit movie that doesn't involve Batman or Superman in it. And it turns the box office gross. So it's nice to see them finally uh, get one. And that's probably why this movie was one of the most talked about and possibly the most anticipated comic book movie of 2016. Oh, yeah. It was something different for DC. They're trying to demonstrate that they can make a movie without Batman and Superman kind of underpinning the entirety of the draw, right? Yeah. Let's talk briefly about what your expectations were going into the movie. You know, what were you hoping for? And then we'll talk about as we go through <laughs> and into recommendations towards the end. And sure. So, Sanjay, what were you hoping for being the biggest of the dc fans here well i you know i didn't really have much going into it when it was first announced and i started reading the comic books and i liked them um i'm not like as big a fan of the comics as i am of something like a superman aquaman but for me they work so i had really high expectations i mean i think the mvp of this whole movie is the warner brothers marketing department especially for batman vs superman and suicide squad they're killing it i mean if you look at their opening weekend girls we'll get into that a little bit later but I mean, besides Marvel, it's like killing almost every other movie out there for uh, both of these DC movies. And the trailers were great. Millions of views online. So I had really high expectations that this would be my favorite DC cinematic movie of the universe, uh, my favorite one. And so I came in there with high expectations, expecting something that I'd never seen before. I did get something I'd never seen before, (laughs) but uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Troy, Troy, what did you think? Yeah, um, you know, this time I went in with uh, low expectations um, going off of BVS. Fair enough, right? yeah. Um, I didn't know much about Suicide Squad. I still really don't for the comic-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was expecting something a little more gritty, you know, just with having a movie deal with uh, villains. 
super villains at this caliber, right? So um, it was something different, <laughs> and uh, I can't wait to get uh, talking about this movie. No, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, did you yeah. really think, though, something dark? I mean, when you look back at some of the trailers now, I mean, you guys kind of stayed away from the later trailers, whereas yeah. I watched them, so... You could definitely sense a shift. I don't know if you guys have since gone back and watched the newer trailers, but you definitely sense a shift in tone of the movie from the first uh, Comic-Con trailer that was released with BVS to the newest one that was released this year. Yeah. Um, definitely a lot more lighthearted, a lot more fun, a lot more poppy. Like, were you guys still expecting the dark one, or did you guys go and watch newer trailers, and the, did that change your view? I was kind of always expecting something darker for sure, mm-hmm. but more in the sense of a more moving towards more violence, more swearing, that sort exactly. of thing. And you can see the evolution of the marketing as that went with the trailers, right? So we went from something that was kind of just, I want to say bland, but just the posters were just posters, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They were very, they, you could like them a lot more to the Batman vs. Superman, very dark, you know, just saying Suicide Squad. Exactly. And then as we moved to the, almost the end, and you can see this being almost shoehorned into the movie, is yeah. this bright poppy colors. Yes, yep. And it yeah. doesn't, almost like the marketing department was like, we've got something here. Mm-hmm. This is something different, like similar to Deadpool, right? right. Yeah. It's that like we've got something here, but the movie I felt with Deadpool reflected the marketing. Yes. Where this is a kind of a skew from it. It's, if they had gone more down this path yeah. with the movie, as far as as the cinematography we may have been hooked in a bit more i think as far as relating what we saw in the marketing to the actual movie and we'll get into all of mm-hmm. that but i agree the marketing was fantastic yeah. for this movie did you guys hear about the uh, two competing cuts yeah stories yes. david ayer had a kind of a darker vision for the film and then when they released that one with the very uh, poppy with a fun lighthearted yeah. trailer mm-hmm. uh warner brothers then hired the company who who made that trailer to then make their own cut of the film mm-hmm and then so they showed those two cuts to test audiences, and then that cut did um, better than Ayer's cut. Right. And so then that's why they went back and did those expensive reshoots that we talked about earlier this year and kind of changed the tone of it. So it's a little bit of um, Warner Brothers sticking their thumb, like the executives sticking their thumb into the film. I mean, they've had a history of this going back since Superman 2. I don't know why the Warner Brothers executives, executives you know, it seems like the only films that they didn't touch were Christopher Nolan's films. Every other one seems to have their footprints in it, or their handprints in it. It definitely does, and you can see that throughout this movie. Yeah. There's, I get, for some of the scenes, a very Fantastic Four 2015 yeah. vibe from yeah. it. Yeah, so. yeah. I've heard that, I've heard that. Um, I personally didn't see that, but um, I'm coming in with DC rose-colored glasses, so... <laughs> <laughs> do you think, though, that if, if they did go with the more darker air cut, coming off of BVS, I mean, Wayne called it the Depression Fest, <laughs> would that have... I mean, I don't think it would have done as well in the box office if it was um, a little bit more darker. You had to go after the Deadpool audience. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about darker in the sense that the movie had to be you know, very serious and very violent. Yeah. Maybe some of the Joker stuff more violent. But this had to be... You had to be dropping F-bombs. Yeah. You had to be out there with your comedy, doing ridiculous things. Mm-hmm. Make it an adult movie. Yes. Yeah. Which I felt that's... They suffered from being PG-13. Mm-hmm. If they hadn't went full on, which I thought they were going to go, mm-hmm. and let Will Smith loose. Yeah. Like, yeah. have you seen him in Bad Boys 2? Oh, yeah. Swearing up oh, just yeah. all that? Yeah. That is the Will Smith I wanted for this movie. And exactly. I felt like he was always right there. And then, mm-hmm. oh, got to pull back PG-13. PG-13. Yeah. PG-13. Yeah. yeah. And so I felt there's a bit of that into this film as well. Mm-hmm. So for myself, you know, I've never read a single Suicide Squad. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair and enough. I understand the basic concept. So for mm-hmm. for me coming into this, yeah. I was expecting, you know, I understood that you know it, it's you know a squad of villains or supervillains or whatever mm-hmm. that are you know essentially being used as this black op team. I thought it would be more of 
a grounded sort of yes. team, right? Yeah. And not filling the void of a Superman or of a Batman. Or Justice League. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought yeah. this was going to be characters that they used because they needed them to do something that was either morally or ethically that police or, or even the Justice League couldn't do, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And using these guys to do things that need to be done to save humanity for one reason or another mm-hmm. off the books and using these people because they don't have the ethics and the morals that, say, a Batman does or whatever. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's a little different than I thought the movie, at least how it's portrayed. I'm not mm-hmm. sure about the comic books and that. Yeah. Um, so that's something I want to kind of talk through here and just see how the whole movie is developed yeah. as far as these characters go. And, and do we buy into the character developments and do we invest in the characters in that? Well, you bring up a good point. I mean, talking about the comics, you are pretty spot on. They do like immoral missions where, you know, the Justice League can't really touch. Yeah. Like in the comic, they do a lot of globe trotting, So the Justice League can't just go into China and, you know, take out a dictator or, you know, go into Russia. You know, there's uh, international laws and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you got to remember, this is the third film in the DC Cinematic Universe. So there is no Justice League yet. Yeah. So this is taking the place of a Justice League, kind of like a first step, you know, um, do this first. And then as the mid credit scene spoils or how the mid credit scene goes, then they do talk, touch upon the Justice League. So definitely a disconnect from the comic books, but it kind of makes sense because there is no Justice League. Like there's a Flash there's a Batman. There's a Batman, but there's no, you know, there's, there's no Wonder Woman. There's a Wonder Woman, but there's no uh, unit of superheroes True. to take on the biggest threats in the world. True. So this movie stems back to 2014 when they kind of ori- originally announced that Ayer was going to write and direct. That's right. So that's something a little different from DC and something that I think they're going to do more as we Definitely. go forward, right? That's yeah. something that Marvel does. Something a lot of movies do now is that they give the directors a lot of creative freedom. Um, and what we're seeing again, like we discussed with DC, is maybe at the end they're tweaking it. So yeah. what the filmmakers need to do is get kind of final cut yes. in their yeah. contracts. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. To give their vision. So Suicide Squad itself, at least from my perspective, mm-hmm. is kind of an unlikely follow-up to Batman vs. Superman, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're essentially you're putting down your foundation for the universe. Mm-hmm. So having something that's obscure... And maybe it doesn't fit the tone that you're... And, you know, it's good to have contrast within your universe. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But before Wonder Woman, before a Flash and Aquaman are firmly established, you know, reaching out and taking a risk like this to try to... I don't know if it's trying to prove that they can make a different type of film mm-hmm. or if they're trying to rapidly expand the universe. But taking a film like this and shouldering the burden of the DC Cinematic Universe and making this a linchpin film yeah. in how this is going to turn out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is that too much at the start? Like, Was this movie always set up to somewhat fail, even if it was better received? by audiences or by critics you know was this always going to be somewhat of a disappointment because this is a risk they're taking really early on in their universe as opposed to like a guardians or an ant-man where you had a firm critically praised at times universe set up where you could say if guardians didn't do good you could be like okay we're just never going to talk about that again right yeah or if ant-man failed you could do the same thing right Mm -hmm. and because they didn't they integrated them more into the universe but with suicide squad because you're putting this as your second movie after what came out of Batman vs Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I look at it, I'm like, maybe there would have been a safer bet with a Wonder Woman or something. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, could you have gotten the right script out? And because mm-hmm. apparently, Ayer wrote this in six weeks. Yeah, well, wow. he came to DC. Actually, he was the one who came up with the idea. He's like, I got this cool idea for a Suicide Squad movie, and he's the one that actually pitched it to WB, and then WB gave him the short timelines. So I think that plays a little bit more into it. Whereas, you know, if maybe the DC executives had a decision, 
maybe they would have gone more established character like Wonder Woman or maybe even a Justice League as a direct follow-up. But I think with Ayer approaching them and, you know, he did fantastic work. I got to stop saying that word. <laughs> Last time, you know, the drinking game starts early, guys. Um, but no, like he's done great work with Fury, with End of Watch. so Training Day. Training yeah. Day. So he's got a good um, IMDb page going. Nice track record. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah, it's so. not bad. I think I would have rather seen these characters though developed beforehand, right? I think yes. you know they offer themselves. They're so rich to be in a Batman standalone. You yeah, know, how nice it would have been to see a Killer Croc or Deadshot. Seeing that flashback. Yeah, I wish I could have seen that in the movie before seen in this movie, right? I mean, there's little things like that. But yeah. will these then heroes? I mean, or these villains? Sorry, um, you know, we've heard Ben Affleck say or talk about his standalone Batman film will take place in Arkham mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of villains. Yeah. So knowing that, maybe all these characters will appear in the Batman solo. And now that we have an exposure to them, we get to see them again in Ben's directed Batman film. Yeah. But it, it kind of takes away from it a little bit now because now we see like the light side of a dead shot. It would have been nice yeah. to see him bad first and then reach that standpoint. Whereas now you're not going to take it the same way almost, you know? But maybe they kind of thought like these characters would be better received. Like if you look at Wonder Woman... Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think there was a lot of people clamoring to see her movie before BVS. Right. And she was the best part of that film. Yeah. And yeah. then great trailer. So they've kind of built upon that. And now, like we said, like 20 million views on her trailer. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like, incredible. I never would have guessed that. No, but I think we'll get into the character introductions here in yeah. a minute. But I think what the one of the things that they're asking you to do with a dead shot and that is they're asking you to buy into the character right away. Mm-hmm. And I think having them pre-established... You could have been like, okay, I get this character. Because you see a lot of these characters making big, almost 180-degree turns yeah. in their, their yeah. thought process, their logic, and their morals and all that yeah. at, towards the end of this movie. And being that it happens basically overnight, yeah. I'm yeah. kind of like, ah, there's a lot of jumping around <laughs> here, and I don't yeah. quite understand. And I think having a deeper or richer backstory to some of these, at least, and you do get that with Deadshot, and you do get that with Harley Quinn. Yeah. yeah. And But the others are just kind of left to flail about, mm-hmm. and they're kind of like, mm-hmm. their motivations are all over the place, yes. and you don't know really where they stand or why they're coming back to some yeah. point. So, Do awesome. you guys think there's going to be an extended edition of Suicide Squad, kind of like BVS? Probably 100%. DC. Yeah. yeah. They seem to be well, doing that. I saw the joke on Reddit um, DC EU, DC Extended Universe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah makes sense. <laughs> I don't think it is. I mean, um, what was it? Amazon just announced the DVD or the Blu ray release of this film, yeah. and there was no mention of an extended cut. And Ayer said, This is the final cut. Like, this is my cut of the film. So, That's, yeah, that sounds like he's just covering. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like 90% sure we're going to see a, an extended cut. Yeah, for sure. Stop writing three hour scripts and try to squeeze them into two hour theatrical cut. <laughs> no, so the critics were just decimating this, right? This yeah. had a very right and center. similar reception that Batman vs. Superman did right out of the gate, so, yeah. which I was quite shocked about. Yeah. yeah. I was too. I mean, I saw one critic gave it zero out of four. Oh, I saw really? someone say it was the worst film he's ever saw. <laughs> I mean, like looking at the critics, you'd think this was like uh, Fantastic Four meets Howard the Duck meets The Room. The Room, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that seemed to have almost zero effect on at least the Absolutely opening not. box yeah. yeah. So this thing raked in $134 million. That's Incredible. right. Just in North America. Incredible. Yeah, just yeah. North America. And what yeah. is it? 267 worldwide. Uh, yeah, I saw today, I made $13 million today on. The, or sorry, yesterday on the Monday, which was the exact same amount that Civil War made on their first Monday. So it seems like the critics are having zero effects on this film. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see coming up in yes. this second week. Very the important. Big yeah, Saucy yes. Party. Saucy yeah. Party and Pete the Dragon. Yeah. 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 So two uh, 
two different ends of the spectrum there, eh? I mean, yeah. you got the kids, and then you got the adults, and then Suicide Squad somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So what to see? Because it had a big drop off on the Saturday. Yeah. So it had a big Thursday Friday, mm-hmm. which shot up predictions up to almost 150 million dollars. Insane predictions. Yeah, and then it dropped back down because it had a 40 percent drop off on the yeah. Saturday, huge. which is big. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. So um, that may have been a little bit of rolling effects from the critics, right? You had yeah. fans coming out in the droves at first, and people coming out and saying, "And eh, maybe wait on it, maybe wait till a cheap Tuesday or something yeah. like that." Right? Yeah. As we talked about, the film cost a little bit less than Batman v Superman. It cost, I think, 175 mil to make. Factor in marketing, I'm going to guess 100 mil. Sounds yep. about right. So it's already made that in terms of box office gross worldwide. So everything out here, not to mention the merchandising, the home video, the action figures, the t-shirts, it's just going to be all profit for the studio. But the marketing too is huge, right? So oh, the yeah. must have paid a lot. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the executives, they said, like, you know, this is exceeded our wildest expectations which is just corporate speak of course (laughs) of course but i mean going in last year if we had done this at the beginning of the year and i said suicide squad opening weekend makes 130 million in just north america all three of us would have said that's a win for Suicide Squad. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I still think it is. Yeah. It's the third largest live action opening of the year. Yeah, that's that's insane. Fourth in the, if you include uh, Finding Dory. Yeah. So it's just fine. Civil War and Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. Insane. Insane. Right? Wow. That's, which is crazy. And it tops Guardians of the Galaxy of two years ago that had the highest opening in August of all time mm-hmm. with wow. 94. It's now well above that. So setting a precedence. Oh, yeah. And like know. films like X-Men, Apocalypse, uh, Jason Bourne, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's already passed all those grosses. Yep. Even if this thing drops like a stone, which may or may not. I mean, this jury's still out. I still think there's enough here and enough box office gross that it's they're happy with what happens from here on out. No Chinese market though, right? That's huge, yeah. yeah. Do you think they should have changed it? I, I heard the reason there was no Chinese market is because of Enchantress yeah. with The oh. Witch. Um, and then if you look at a film like Doctor Strange, which probably wouldn't have got a Chinese release unless they changed, um, was it the ancient one? Yeah. Um, from Tibetan to Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Do you think Suicide Squad should have done something like that to get at least $100 million probably for, from China? For Enchantress? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For well, that villain? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> villain in the airports. Yeah. You know I mean? so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking about these characters, let's jump into some of the character introductions and the overall casting. Awesome. Um, sure. So the first part of this movie was mm-hmm. spent introducing our characters, right? Mm-hmm. Did you think this is an effective way to quickly get us up to date on the individual Suicide Squad characters? Yeah. Definitely. Worked for me. Yeah, yeah. It, it did. It did work for me. I, I like the little um, flash of a flash that we got there. Right? Oh the my god, that was the best part. Yeah. So, cool. yeah. so that, that I agree. That was, yeah. and that's something that they have benefited from now having established universes. These little yeah. winks mm. and nods to different things. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so this, the movie itself, so it, it spins basically right out of Batman vs Superman mm-hmm. and yeah. the consequences of the death of Superman. Yeah. And it's Amanda Waller here, played yeah. by Viola Davis, mm-hmm. who's yeah. fantastic in this. I think she is. Yeah, yeah. Yes. she is yeah. a bitch. Right? Oh yeah, <laughs> she's and, so good. Like you hate her. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's like rip right from the pages. Like in the comics, she goes toe to toe with Batman, and several times Batman has stepped down from her. So yeah. I mean, you do not mess with the wall. Yeah. Um, what What do you guys make of that line? I thought this was the best line in the whole film when she goes, "The world changed." When Superman flew across the sky and then it changed when he didn't. I was like, oh man, like, yeah, that's, yeah that's that was a great line. Yeah, that's that's nice my favorite line. line. Yeah, yeah. So that was some good setup in there. I, I did enjoy the, how they've integrated Batman vs. Superman into this. Mm-hmm. And we have the Batman cameo, the Flash cameo, which I think both are great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great way to give, like I said, little nods, say, yes, we have a bigger universe now. Because Man of Steel, you didn't really get much of that, right? No, you had that no. little Wayne thing. And yeah. Batman vs. Superman was about building that universe. Mm-hmm. And this is now kind of being like tipping our hats to it, right? Yeah. 
Definitely. Yeah, I think they're doing a good job. I mean, Batman vs. Superman incorporated Man of Steel well, and I think Suicide Squad incorporated the other two well. So, you know, they are doing that stuff, I think, really well. I really liked how the scenes, it kind of moved from, like, character to character, and it was all high-octane songs. So it kind of got you going. It got the energy of the audience going. I really liked it. Like, I don't need, like, this long, drawn-out backstory. Just a couple minutes here and there with each character, and then I'm like, okay, I'm in the movie. Like, I already know these characters anyways, and I'm guessing most people who went to it opening weekend probably already know, like, a lot of these characters. I don't know yeah, about don't that. Know about, yeah, don't, really? Don't, like, yeah. some of them, like, I guess maybe I'm taking a lot of them for granted, but, like, Harley Quinn, I bet yeah. you everyone knows who everyone she knows. is. Yeah, yeah, she's big. Joker. That's about but it. But that's about it, it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and yeah. they know Will Smith, so that's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. your, you know, your, one of your ins into the movie. Yeah. For sure. What did you think of them flashing up all the different... It's really hard to read. You almost have yeah. to pause it. To read oh, it. I missed most of it, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I and think they're mostly just Easter eggs for the fans. Yeah, I think stuff. it was. And it was kind of giving a little explanation on you know who the mm-hmm. characters were. And I think this is where the marketing influenced the movie. I bet yeah. you that didn't look like that first cut. Definitely. I doubt it. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's probably more like a lineup or shot or something. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which so, one did you like the best? I, I'm going to go Deadshot. Like his opening with... Um, flashback with batman oh yeah oh i thought that part was amazing yeah i love that i want more of it yeah yeah well he's the only character aside from maybe harley quinn that i felt actually invested in from the introduction yes and they do focus a lot on the two of them as being kind of your main characters where the rest are more or less supporting them yeah Yeah. Yeah. and so yeah deadshot i think personally you know his introduction was great yeah stuff with batman was good Mm -hmm. and you know you feel a bit more sympathetic the only thing i'm you know step back a bit from on his character is like he constantly says well i'm a bad guy i'm a bad dude i kill people but then he has like this heart of gold yeah <laughs> and it was and he has his daughter and i get all what they're trying to do you're trying to make bad dudes seem sympathetic and yeah and yeah. i think amanda waller does that right you mm-hmm. look at her you're like she is the worst yeah you, feel, you sympathize for the the squad characters even though they're all horrible human beings mm-hmm. yeah and deadshot being again one of them because he's just a, a hitman right yeah, yeah. and um but Will Smith kills it in this. He does, oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he came to play. He's, he's the standout in this yeah, for me. I, I liked him a lot. You know, I, I was a little worried that he'd be a little too Will Smith-like. Yeah. That he'd take away from the movie. But I thought he was just right. Apart from, you know, the bad boy reference that you mentioned, that which you got a little bit more of that rated R yeah. feel. Yeah. Other than that, I thought he was just right. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And he had a lot of good characters to play off. I felt like he benefited from being surrounded by like the, the actress, Margaret Robert, that plays Harley Quinn. Yeah. And even the guy, um, I can't remember his name, the guard. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, the Mindy Project. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's more of a comedic actor. Yeah, playing off him, great chemistry yeah. there too. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And I was unfortunate they didn't see more of him in the yeah. movie. Yeah, he had a big point in the beginning, there, yeah. and then just kind of uh, faded to the, yeah. to the background. But in some ways, it's almost a, it's, it almost killed the movie for me because I felt like Will and Margot Robbie's acting was so high. Yeah, yeah. other people suffered a lot, especially I think Joel Kinman. Yeah, yeah. plays Rick yeah. Flag, which yeah. is a big letdown for me in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you guys make of a different Batman? I mean, you got Batman and Batman v Superman, where he's branding criminals. You know, he's beating him up, he's sending him to jail, and then in this one here, he goes Deadshot. You know, I don't want to do this in front of your daughter. And I really then he like that. and then he handcuffs him. Yeah, I really like that. It brought a yeah. little humanity to Batman after seeing him in BBS. Is, there is Batman safe then? Like, are we like back on board the Batman train? Well, I always liked Batman from even BBS. I, I yeah. liked what we saw, and they, they did come out saying Batman's going to be a little a little lighter. I think since yeah. the events of Superman, so it makes sense why he would treat Deadshot that way. He failed him in life, but he's not going to fail him in death. Yeah. yeah, but is that meant to be a flashback to before Man of right. Steel? Not so that would be. Yeah. Wouldn't it? I would think yeah, so because cool. the assumption 
would be that Deadshot's been in jail at least for some length of time. Right. I think they said nine months in the film. Oh, did okay. Oh, so it did okay. say that. Oh, so yeah. he hasn't been in jail for very long. So no. we don't know how long Superman's been dead. Yeah, for. it does. We don't know yet. So okay. maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. They probably could have put the time on there, but I'm just. I just assumed it was after the events of BVS because it was a totally different Batman. You know, I was looking at was it years before? Right. Yeah. Like, didn't wasn't cynical like he was in Batman vs Superman. That's right. So I don't know. He, you know, when you look at him from the cameo and that, he looks about the same age. So they haven't yeah. really done. He had, I think, the same suit on. It looked a little so darker. Jacked. It looked a little yeah. darker because with the Justice League, it looks like they went with a darker suit, almost yeah. because for Nolan's like color palette. Yeah. So okay. yeah, but it looks pretty yeah. much the same. I thought it was before. That's right. When you bring but, that up, that would make sense. That it would be before the events of BVS. So he should be like branding Deadpool. Yeah, he should right. or uh, Deadshot or Deadshot. Sorry. <laughs> That'd be amazing. A Batman Deadpool movie. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. It should be Adam West Batman though. Yeah. How about Harley Quinn? Now she was a big one coming into this. A lot yes. of people were excited to see her first live action portrayal coming yes. out of the cartoons yes. and the video games and mm-hmm. comics and all that. She's a big star in the comics. Right. Huge. So what do you think as as big DC readers? I think she was the best part of the film. I think Margot Robbie killed it. I think she's a terrific actress. Um, I, this is the only movie I've seen her in, to be honest with you. So everyone was saying, like, oh, she's really good and a whole bunch of other stuff. Wall Street. Wall Street. Yeah, 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 I've never seen that film. Um, and so she was in, like, I think, Focus with Will Focus Smith. Focus with Will Smith, which is why the chemistry works so yes. well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, definitely. I want to see... Harley Quinn and Batman solo. I want to see Harley Quinn in Justice League. I want to see her in Wonder Woman. I want to see her in everything. I thought she was fantastic. I thought she was the best part of that. And that's one thing DC Cinematic Universe has going for it is strong female characters. Mm-hmm. And she's a strong female villain. And I want to see her more. I think she did a fantastic job. To me, she stole the show. I mean, as great as Will Smith was, and I think he was the second, he's second best of the movie, but to me, Margot Robbie, hands down, best part of the film. Yeah. Now, here's a question for you. Okay. You say she's a really strong female character that has a humongous dependency <laughs> on a male character in the Joker. <laughs> well, that's her character in the comics. I didn't mean like strong female as in like a strong independent woman oh, who okay. don't take no crap from no man because she pays for her own shoes and rent. Thank you very much. That was not even rehearsed. That was phenomenal. One take, I'm a professional, boys. I'm a method actor. Yeah. I've been sending you guys weird gifts all week for this episode. I sent you guys a dead rat. Um, Condom full of semen. Oh, man. No, that's just mayonnaise, man. That was a thing that Jared left. Yes, to yes. Um, but in terms of strong female character, I meant like an interesting female character who is a villain who I want to see more of who isn't just like a one note character. Right. She had like, you know, she plays with her her looks to influence Deadshot, mm-hmm. you know, and then she's in love with the Joker. Layers on her, right? Yeah, yeah. there's definitely layers. She's an yeah. onion. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, with me, I'm a little different. She was great, but I think her character got better as the movie went. Mm-hmm. When the movie started off, for me, I wasn't completely sold on the character. I don't know if this was the editing or the character. The jokes yeah. weren't lining up properly. Yeah. So I don't know if that was due to the scenes being edited weirdly, where the jokes just fell flat. Yeah. Or if it was just the character herself that was delivering the lines a little funny. Mm-hmm. But for me, I wasn't really laughing at any of her lines in the first bit. Probably not until they, they, they encountered the first set of villains. When they oh, yeah. Up, uh, those Power Ranger putties. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's how I feel in the character. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I really like the callback to her costume. We've got yeah. to see oh, her, the right? Alex Ross painting. Yeah, that yeah. Was so, I had no idea that was going to be in the movie. I'm glad that wasn't spoiled for me because yeah. that was so 
cool, right? right? That's a nice Easter egg. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Just for the fans, and then she pulls it out because it wouldn't work in live action. No. Her gesture of it, but just for that one scene, it gave every fan that's ever seen the animated yeah. series something yes. to enjoy. Yeah, I Loved definitely it. definitely grinned over that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And every like fan knew it instantly. They're like, "Oh my god, that's from the that's animated series." Exactly. What did you think of the flashbacks with Joker and establishing her relationship and her uh, evolving into Harley Quinn from the psychiatrist doctor that's trying to fix the Joker? I wanted to see more. Um, I, I want to see everyone wants to yeah. see more. That stuff. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a good thing because I thought. I mean, we'll get into Jared Leto's, Leto's Joker later, but I thought he, I thought he did a fantastic. Ah, I caught myself though. I didn't. I didn't finish. It's like a batter in baseball who stops. <laughs> I didn't go over the plate. <laughs> no, I thought Jared Leto did great. Um, I do want to see more, and I do want to see it more maybe in like a Batman film or something. I think they didn't want to go too dark, and I think what they had originally shot would have maybe pushed the film into that R rating. And I don't think WB really wanted to put out a $270 million tentpole project like Deadpool, which people forget, but Deadpool only cost about $50 million yep. to make. Yeah. So, I mean, you can understand. It'd be kind of tentative if you're spending $270 million on an R-rated film. Yeah. So <laughs> I can I can understand. You know, I hope that we get it in the Blu-ray cut. Because I thought they could have definitely went darker and they could have definitely shown us more. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I was actually a little let down by that scene. I really wanted more, especially to see the turn of Harley Quinn or Quindolin, I think at the time, which is a doctor, change into Harley Quinn. That should be pretty big. I really want that to be a lot more thought out mm-hmm. and brought to life. And it wasn't. It actually had me kind of scratch my head. I know they're both crazy individuals. Mm-hmm. But I thought something like that should have been captured so well on the big screen. Yeah. And so I was kind of let down. Actually, yeah, I was let down by a lot of their uh, the flashbacks <laughs> of, of, of Joker. And, oh, and okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That character in particular, I think mm-hmm. out of any other character besides mm-hmm. maybe Deadshot yeah. would have benefited more from being set up in another movie. Exactly. Just having more of her character or the understanding of her character. Because So you're meant to make this big leap in logic in the sense that you're meant to fully understand that the Joker over some period of time makes her go crazy. Exactly. But yeah. there's a lot condensed into a small amount of screen time yeah. where you go from this woman who's a doctor, a psychologist yeah. or a psychiatrist, whatever she is, to this batshit crazy woman exactly. that's hanging off a sheet mm-hmm. and talking yeah. about voice in her head yeah. and cutting yeah. people and all Jumping that, right? into acid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, um, in the comics, she used to be a gymnast, so that's why they had her hanging ah, off the okay. sheet, like a callback from the comics. So that's oh, so she was a gymnast before she was a doctor? Yeah. Cool. Okay, yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Likely yeah. path. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's a gymnast in university, and then she became a doctor. Fair enough. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah. Okay. Cool. So... We talked a bit about Rick Flagg here and yes, Joel Kinnaman's yes. uh, portrayal of him. So this was a role that was originally Tom Hardy's. That's yes, right. That's right. Uh, but and he didn't drop out. That's what he's, uh, sorry, I think also um, Bradley Cooper was also up for the role before uh, Joel Kinnaman. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of in line with you here, Troy, okay. in that yeah. he didn't benefit from having strong actors around him because yeah. it was basically him... Deadshot and Harley Quinn had a lot of the main interaction, yeah. a lot yeah. of the main screen time for the Suicide Squad. And I felt, yeah, he was he was beat down by those two stronger yeah, actors. Definitely. And he couldn't really hold the banter as much. He really couldn't, especially, like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the show, um, The Killing. That's what he came from. Okay. Oh, okay. He's, he's in, in Robocop, the new one. Yeah, yeah, I think he, he plays played Robocop. Robocop. You're right. He played Robocop, but he was okay. a stand on the TV show, The Killing. Okay. So I had expectations for this guy. I thought yeah. he was be pretty great, but he yeah. really showed his... Uh, his his lack of movie, I guess, stardom. Yeah. Doing this, and like you said, he couldn't hold his own with any of the actors on there. There's even a scene where I saw him talking to Will Smith, 
And it looked like he was really trying hard not to laugh. And <laughs> I couldn't believe that I was on this on the on the screen. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> yeah. I gotta I gotta watch that again. Yeah. But that's funny. And, and I don't know also if it's because he gave him like a weak uh, plot line with his uh, was it Doctor Moon? That yeah, that just, was that was June really Moon. Weak. Well, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you guys saw. There's a whole bunch of deleted scenes that are now making their way online. And I guess the film opened up originally a lot differently. Where it's Dr. June Moon and she get, hires these two kind of Sherpa guides and they go in and she said like she's waking up at night and there's this voice in her head just saying the words Enchantress and she doesn't know what it means and she's trying to figure out like what this like Enchantress voice in her head is saying. And then she goes into the jungle and she falls into the uh, caves and then she finds that thing and then the Enchantress voice kind of takes over and that's why she breaks open the, um, mm-hmm. the artifact. Mm-hmm. So I think there, I mean... We're going to say this a lot, but I think there was a lot of stuff that got cut from this film. For sure. Um, but I definitely agree. Like, the romantic angle between June Moon and Rick Flagg yeah. didn't really work so much for me. We didn't see them interact a you lot. buy it at all. Yeah, there's zero investment. Like, when I look at the two of them, there's no scenes in there that made me think, this man would do literally anything right? for this woman. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. is how he is. Yeah. 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 Is, yeah. is, is he a big force in the comics, Rick Flag? Do you know? Like, is he the man on that team? Like, I, he's meant to be, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I couldn't tell you. I don't yeah. think he's even that big in the comics. No. Um, so he's kind of just like a G.I. Joe wannabe. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, June Moon in the comics, she's the big villain in Justice League Dark, the first um, New 52 series of that. So I was kind of interested to see her show up in Suicide Squad. I thought she would have been better in more of a Justice League Dark with Swamp Thing, Constantine, Dead Man. Dead Man. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Tim, like you were expecting this to be more kind of grounded, kind of like a brawler type with yeah. each of them. Yeah. Like an Expendables almost. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Like the kind of like that vibe where it's like anyone can die. And yeah. it's just like, yeah. So definitely um, Enchantress. I mean, it was kind of like an odd choice. Mm-hmm. Um, odd choice for a villain. Before we get into... You know, the Enchantress and all that and all the villains and stuff. There's still some other um, callback yeah. characters that we should get into. Should we go good or bad first? Let's, let's go good. Let's throw some positives on this. I loved Captain Boomerang. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I know we're trying to go positive right now. You know, he was one of my negatives. Um, and it wasn't really? anything Jack Courtney. Yeah. He just was non-existent. You could yeah. have taken him along mm. with Slipknot. They could have both yeah. been it. Yeah. <laughs> Slipknot was in there for a one purpose only. To yeah. show that they're yeah. actually just a one-note exactly. character. But I read up on that. And I guess that's actually straight from the comics. I guess that happens in the comics. Oh, really? yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> so it's, yeah. yeah, that's establishing kind of yeah. the premise of the Suicide Squad, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I agree with Jack Courtney. Like, he was a non factor in this movie yeah. and i had him pegged as being the comedic breakout yes. of this movie yeah, good call, and right? he was a non-entity in the whole thing <laughs> yeah. i don't even does he ever even throw a boomerang properly oh I yeah he threw once he threw to a like record something yeah, yeah and he know? hit a couple of the um eyeball guys yeah yeah. The, the best scene with him was the flash scene. Yeah. Oh, and, and there's the one scene in the bar. When he just oh, yeah, books yeah. it. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. But he's another one that I struggled with character motivations mm-hmm. and becoming invested in because he's kind of all over the place. And I really like the direction they're going at the start with him and Slipknot where he's like, screw this. They're just yes. dicking around with us. Yeah. I'm out of here. Yes. If they had to kept playing on that, that he kept trying to leave, kept trying to leave. Yeah. And it wasn't until maybe someone saved him at the end that that's why he came back yeah. after they told him, you know, you can piss off or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But like that character he, he was kind of back and forth oh, i'm part of the family now yeah. no i'm gonna take off and yeah those scenes where he was like yeah i'm gonna take off and the bar scene where he just immediately books it <laughs> hilarious <laughs> great but they couldn't they didn't play that up enough he no. didn't have enough time in the movie right totally yeah agree. i definitely agree he could have used some more screen time but i mean it's hard to get you know an ensemble cast like this you're introducing all the characters i mean there's a ton of new characters in this whole universe 
maybe you know maybe it was too much but i mean you look at a film like x-men that's one thing we always hear too it's all wolverine centric i mean we don't see a lot of cyclops we don't see a lot of gene gray we don't see a lot of storm or we saw a lot of storm in the early going Mm -hmm. but i mean i think it's just like one of those ensemble things where you got to pick and choose which characters you want to follow and i think they made the right choice by giving us harley quinn and deadshot as the two main ones and then you surround him with these other guys these kind of like sprinklings of your side characters where you're not going to get 20 25 minutes of screen time you maybe get like seven seven minutes of screen time right but you know you focus on your two mains and then you just go from there but look at like a thing like i know avengers those guys were already established but even guardians like they mm-hmm. spread the floor so well with like these lunatic characters the raccoon yeah. Groot, all these characters and i had a good sense that i knew everybody even some of the villains yeah I, I thought they did such a great job and i don't want to compare this movie to that but i think this movie was trying to chase guardians with the score the soundtrack the ensemble of characters yeah. and it didn't live up to you it. think so because like guardians is more like the space opera right it's like this it fantastic yeah. film with like it's kind of like star wars meets suicide squad i think yeah but i yeah, think but like the ensemble of characters that they have it's, it's definitely ragtag really yeah. weird yeah, ragtag. Yeah. yeah and i think i agree because i think if you had knocked out two of these characters you could have focused in a lot more on you say if you had knocked out katana who's barely in this yeah. movie yeah you know she's a non-factor again mm-hmm. and you could have maybe done without killer croc as well definitely Definitely. Yeah. Like he, he has a scene or two, but you take those two out and you give a lot more focus in on Captain Boomerang and El Diablo. Yes. Or kill one of them or have more mm. cannon fodder of Suicide Squad members right. and kill them earlier on. Exactly. Have one of them die early on in one of the battles. Yeah. And then you can focus all your attention on... Because Guardians had the benefit. There was five characters, right? Yeah. yeah. And they had the benefit of doing that with periphery characters. Mm-hmm. And if you had to just focus in on five key characters... I think the film would have benefited more. You would have been more invested in the actual characters. Definitely. I think there's some highlights here in each individual character. For sure. But ones like, I think, Katana and Killer Croc, I could have really done without. Absolutely or kill agree. one of them off early. Yeah, yeah. Totally If you agree. want to have their name out there, right? And then you could reference them back again and say, oh, Killer Croc or whatever. Yeah. Right? From you know a prequel Batman movie if you want to do something along those lines. Exactly. Yeah, yeah but, that's a good call. But, but I mean, like, you know, you talk about killing off these characters. They're building this cinematic universe. So Killer Croc, you know, he's a pretty big villain in Batman. I mean... But is he one they're going to hinge a Batman movie off of? No, but it would be nice to have a scene maybe, you know, you could throw it in Ben's film where the beginning is just him beating up Killer Croc and arresting him and throwing him in Blackgate or something, you know? You give you still have these options where you can use these characters for a scene or two or, you know, sprinkle them in. Whereas, you know, like, like Man of Steel, I would have loved Zod to show up in, like, later movies, but now he's dead. Oh no, so, I agree with yeah. that. But Zod is a much stronger character than a killer, killer Croc yeah. or Katana. And a yeah. lot of these villains are now, I think, off limits for unless you're doing prequel movies because yeah. they're part of the squad. They're part of doing something better, right? They're part of being reformed, if you will. They're yeah. not going to be a ro- kind of running around being part of some sort of rogue gallery for Batman. Exactly. Well, right. I think I think in the comic books, um, they're still like they're still bad guys at heart, right? So I mean, they they were forced to do this one mission. The beauty of Suicide Squad is it's a rotating cast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Killer Croc, he escapes. That's fine. We'll throw in King Shark. Or, you know, or um, Captain Boomerang escapes. We'll throw in Captain Cold or something. Right. So, I mean, the possibilities are endless with this. So, I mean, we'll get into this later about sequel and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I think this this concept and this movie sets the sequel up very well. But we'll get into that later. Yeah. Cool. So, one more character here we'll talk about before we kind of jump into something a bit more dense into the, the plot and the narrative. 
El Diablo. Yes. He's yes. another character I think would have benefited a lot more from having more screen time. Because he's something that... He was one of the characters that you felt a bit more sympathetic towards, right? Mm-hmm. He had changed his tone. Yeah. You know, he's, he had turned off his powers, essentially, because mm-hmm. of what we find out later is the death of his wife and his kids. Yeah. Yep. And the end scene, which we'll talk about, is kind of cool as well. Yeah. I don't know this character from a hole in the ground. <laughs> but he did have kind of this like street gang sort of thug mm-hmm. thing to him. And yeah. I kind of like that dynamic and what, he, what was going on there. So His origins kind of ripped from the comics in the New 52 instead of killing his wife and kids. You know, he is a drug dealer and someone rips him off. So he goes to kill those uh, rival gangs. And then he realizes that their wives and children are also in the house. Oh, no. And then so he kills those wife and children or their wife and children, not his own. Mm. But it's kind of like the same origin. Right. Um, one thing I don't know if you guys picked up on, I don't think the movie did a good job explaining this, was whenever he uses his powers, his tattoos kind of fade away. Oh, I didn't see that. So no, like at the known. beginning, his tattoos are really dark. And then by the end, they're kind of like a little bit lighter and they kind of change. So if you guys see this again, I don't know if you guys will ever watch this again, but if you do see it again, um, try to take note of that. I thought that was something cool, and they did a little bit about, about, about that. So That's cool. Yeah, see, it's interesting because he's a big positive in my opinion, but also a negative, and, and it's, again, it's just because he just hops sides so quickly. You know, this guy refused to use his power. He's all about yeah. his family, and the next thing you know, he's ready to take on a bunch of strangers within a day to become his family. Yeah, oh, I didn't like that yeah, family like that. thing. That's the only thing, if you yeah. take that out, I was like, yeah, I was on board, but once they threw that in there with this... Fast and the Furious kind of like yeah. family thing going on. I was like, oh, I that's guess a that great example. Of this. <laughs> so, if you mean if Will Smith wasn't yelling at you to use your flame throwing powers, you wouldn't do it. Well, in that case, it's like because they're, I think they're being attacked by that. The, that was yeah. kind of cool. I like yeah. that and that whole comment, like, ah, oh, just trying to get you there, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. It was more of that I wanted from Will Smith. Yeah, and yeah. their interaction was great, mm-hmm. but I agree. This hidden flip flopping being like, and I didn't get all of that whole thing where, and I mentioned this already, but it's just this family thing. It's yeah. just like. I don't get this. Where'd that come from? Yeah. I think it kind of, not so much family at the beginning because they're like, okay, well, we have these bombs in our neck, so we better do what they say or else they're going to kill us. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of forced to. And then after, you know, they've done all this stuff and then Will Smith's like, you know, I want to do this so that my daughter knows, you know, that I saved the world once and I did one thing great. And then I think maybe that line kind of resonated with them. It's like, yeah, like we're here. We might as well do it. Like what else are we going to do? It's kind of like, how I picked up on it. Not so much the family, but like, eh, what else are we going to do kind of thing. At least that's my interpretation. But they told us the whole film how bad they were. <laughs> we're bad guys. We're bad. No, we're yeah. bad. I'm a bad dude, but that's bad. Like, they, we kept getting that drilled into our heads. It's yeah. like, but you're not actually, you're all kind of, you know, okay people. You're all like softies. <laughs> yeah. Harley Quinn was just misunderstood. Yeah. Killer Croc, to me, he was the weakest part of the film. He was my weakest member of the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Kill him. <laughs> yeah. You can't kill a killer croc. <laughs> I think, you know, his look, he, it's okay. Like, it looked, Why is he so tiny? Yeah. I yeah. Hated yeah. It. I hated it. it killer was, croc should be huge. It's more a throwback to his first origins in the comics as opposed to the uh, video game where he's like, what, 12 feet tall? Yeah. Arkham, he's yeah, yeah. That would have been so cool to oh, see. Like a 12 that. foot tall crocodile with like a giant crocodile head. Oh, yeah. But he's got this big-ass head, and then he takes his jacket off at the end, and it's like this little man. Yeah. yeah. It's like, how is his head even being held like, up? I yeah. think the lizard in Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, is a lot bigger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, Godzilla. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think David Ayer said it when he said, you know, originally we wanted King Shark, but we didn't want a character full CGI. Right. I mean, there's tons of other characters they could have included in this. Mm-hmm. And by the looks of the CGI... 
I oh. wouldn't want to kill yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I remember I mean, I would rather have gone like a Clayface road or something. I was oh, just thinking cool. that Clayface yeah. would be awesome for a yeah. sequel. Definitely. One yeah. character that we haven't got in any Batman film yet. And there's so, a lot more substance to that character. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We're talking about bad guys. Yeah. Let's talk about the baddest dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the Joker. Yeah. The Joker. Mr. J. So he was <laughs> heavily featured in the trailers and TV spots. Yeah. yeah. Which... More or less ultimately added up to all of his scenes. Less a few of them. I think even less. Yeah. They yeah. cut like a ton of his scenes. Mm-hmm. So in the movie, we're kind of offered him up as kind of the pseudo villain. So he's kind of around, dicking around in the background, trying to chase yeah. Holly Quinn. Mm-hmm. And he's playing this, you know, opportunist, right? Now he's trying to basically save his damsel in distress, if yeah. you will. I know we don't he's want to call guy. her that. But... <laughs> he's a good guy. He's the best boyfriend we've got in a comic book movie in a long time. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, name one. They always die. I mean, Peggy died from Cap. You couldn't save her. But now he's got his her <laughs> granddaughter or whatever. I mean, it isn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Weird. He'll be better this time. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, he felt shoehorned into this movie. I think it was because of all the scenes were cut. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't have any interaction with the other characters. I would have liked a bit of banter between him and Will Smith. Yes. That would have been great. And I think he that character would have benefited a lot more from playing off someone crazy like the Joker, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And you would have felt that contrast in really evil versus dead shots just I'm a bad yes, dude, right? Exactly. And so I don't I never really got that. And no. the Joker it always felt like cuz he was focusing so much on Harley Quinn, it felt like a different movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, I was, I was let down by uh, the Joker in this one. Two reasons. I didn't like the gangster Joker. Joker. Okay. I'm not a the, fond, mob like, the, the mob boss? Yeah, and the yeah. pirate talking. I, I, hate, <laughs> I hate the pirate talking Joker. I'm not, I'm not oh, a fan man. Of that. I loved his lines when he's like, all oh, that chit chat's going to get you killed. Yeah, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't doing it for me. And oh, now that you say that, I get this total Johnny Depp weirdo vibe yeah, off of it. Yeah, kind of like Pirates yeah, of the it's, Caribbean. It's the Johnny, yeah, it's a Johnny Depp. Well, and, well um, they can't bring Johnny Depp in the DCU. His ex wife's in there, okay? <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be. Who's his ex wife? Amber Heard? She's Mira. Oh. From Justice League, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think they're getting divorced. I don't know. Yeah, so I didn't, yeah, I didn't like the pirate talking. And <laughs> you know, it, this is just my, I guess this is my fault, because I was kind of expecting the Joker to be this uh, Hannibal Lecter character. I wanted oh, him okay. to be the big bad. Yeah. And him kind of giving them tips of how to take out the villain, and he turns out being like the big bad guy. And yeah. I would really love that kind of take, because mm-hmm. who else could do it but the Joker, right? Yeah. He should have been the main villain He should have been the main right? villain. Yeah. yeah. It should have been him been loose, villain. and then they hire the squad to take him down and bring him back to Arkham or something. Yes. Yeah. You could even hinge off something like, well, Superman's dead. Mm-hmm. Batman's been missing since Superman died. Yeah. We don't have anyone else. Exactly. And the Joker is running wild yes. in, in whatever Midway or Central City, whatever it's called. Uh, yeah. yeah. And we need someone to take him down. And I think that would have fit more with what I had in mind yeah. for what the Suicide Squad were chasing. Yeah. Remove this whole Enchantress thing. It would have been awesome. The PG-13 rating does hurt that because yeah. you can't have them... You need that cannon fodder, right? Mm-hmm. You need them to be slicing people's heads off and shooting people in the head. Yeah. You can't do that with the PG-13 movie with humans. Yeah, so that's, that's why right. you needed those faceless aliens like exactly. the Chitauri or the yeah. Dark Elves. Yeah. Right. Or exactly the Ultrons, that. right? Yeah, yeah. 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 it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Pure cannon fodder for a group of characters or a group of anti-heroes or whatever you want to call them to fight. Yeah. Right? And so that's why they use the Enchantress and that. Exactly. And using the Joker, I don't know if he could have got away with it because every time he had 
his crew around him. They always had the weird masks and stuff yeah. on. Yeah. So could you have gotten away with you know minimal blood splatter and just using masked yeah. people? Yeah. And so there's this implication that there are humans. Mm-hmm. And you get this, I don't know, that's... But having the Joker as the main villain, I think, would have been better, even if maybe he was controlling Enchantress. Yeah. Exactly. That would have been cool. Scaling it down. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. could leave pulling Harley Quinn and, and the yeah. Joker that way yeah. even more so, right? Yeah. And again, having that dynamic where she's on the team that's trying to fight him exactly. and having yeah. her questioning, you know, maybe he is a bad guy and right. maybe I am a little better and yes. something like that playing yeah. off of that and then she's jumping back because that would be more believable for her for jumping back and forth, right? Because yes. yeah. sometimes she doesn't want to be part of the team other times it's her family, right? Exactly. Yeah. And we keep coming back to this, but yeah. having him on the be the villain that they're actually fighting, I mm-hmm. think that would have worked better for their relationship, and you could have gotten more interaction with her and him and understanding their dynamic a bit better. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Because I, I was having a little bit of a hard time believing that this Joker can go toe-to-toe with Ben Affleck's Batman. Okay, yeah. He'd get crushed. <laughs> well, he's skinny, yeah. but like, the Joker's never been a no, physical threat. No, I know true. that, but like when you look at like Heath Ledger's Joker, and then you look at Christian Bale's, you can see the dynamic between the two and why they both yeah. kind of have a standstill against each other. Yeah. And you can go back to Jack Nicholson and um, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. <laughs> but this Joker, I'm just like, if they encounter each other, I know obviously Batman would always win the fight. But I just don't see this guy being smart enough to defeat Batman. I ever. don't know. It's I, a bigger I, contrast than we've seen yeah. in the past. Yeah. I, I yeah. dug it. I dug it. I thought he was really smart where he thought, like, okay, so they got the bombs. And then he goes to the um, company that makes the bombs, kidnaps the guy's wife. And he's like, let me in. You know, he was smart. He escaped the helicopter crash somehow. I don't know how. <laughs> somehow. And, and the car accident. <laughs> Yeah, in the car accident. Yeah, I mean, but I like that because he's just like, he gives zero blanks. You know, like, he's like getting chased by Batman and Harley Quinn's in there and he's just like, oh, whatever, I'm going to crash it and escape. And so Batman has to save Harley Quinn. And, you know, again, it harkens back to this different Batman where he saves Harley, even though Harley in that little Easter egg thing said, like, accomplice to killing Robin. Yeah, see, and that brings up another big factor for me because I'm like, okay, if Batman lost Robin to Joker or Harley Quinn... He's gonna go like a little more crazy on these two than just, yeah. Here you he just go, punch her directly up. in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, underwater too. Yeah. That, that was good. Badass. That, yeah. that, that was bad. awesome. Yeah. I yeah. really like that. Scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought that was great. Uh, but I just think the Joker. You know, this Joker. He seemed like plotting, and it seemed to fit this universe better. I don't think Ledger's Joker would have fit into this universe. I mean, with Ledger's Joker, I don't see him being a threat for Superman. Whereas this Joker, I think is in, like he's insane. So so it was, so it was Ledger's. But this one here, I think he can pose a threat to characters not just Batman, but the Flash, but Superman, but Aquaman. And he has like this whole underground network and he's kind of like pulling the strings of Gotham and he's connected here and he's connected there and you know he's got his thumb and everything and he's just so smart. You got that, eh? Yeah, I did. I I was the only one maybe. (laughs) I feel like I'm the only one. I feel like everybody received Joker very well. I feel like I'm the one that's on the fence of like I didn't get anything out of this Joker. I think there wasn't enough of him in there. Yeah. So I agree. I was a bit pulled back from this concept of him being more of a thug yeah yeah and i was looking but he, again he had probably had the hardest role to fill the, oh the yeah two actors that preceded him were both you know <laughs> amazing winning and, actors. Yeah, yeah. and gave the definitive at the time the definitive yeah. joker right yeah and how yeah. do you top that so yeah. everyone's yeah. like no one's ever gonna top jack yeah, nicholson exactly. yeah. ledger comes in and does it and yeah. then you know let us to follow him yeah yeah is a big thing definitely and even more so Campbell. than yeah oh yeah that's exactly true, yeah, yeah. So, and even yeah. following, you know, bat, filling Batman shoes and Superman shoes, you know, that was something both of those actors were well received in those roles. That's right. Yeah. But you didn't have that same, I don't think, yeah. no difficulty in filling those roles. And 
would Ledger's Joker have worked in this universe? Mm-hmm. Not in this movie. No, exactly. No. Maybe in the universe yes. that was set up in BVS. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he fits definitely more into BVS, mm-hmm. for sure. But I don't know. I like how the Joker's kind of just out and about in Gotham, and you see him doing things. You don't just see him, you know, you see him putting these plans into motion, whereas opposed to other Jokers where he just... You know, these things, he doesn't, like, plot anything. And then he's just like, boom, this happens, this happens. And you're like, well, how did Joker do this? This one, you see him. Yeah. You see his army of men. You see him in the club. I like that scene with uh, Common when he's just <laughs> like, oh, you know, he's always like, I don't want any beef. And he's like, you don't want any beef? You don't want any beef? And then, bam. Like, I thought that was yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I was lost in that, that scene. <laughs> yeah. That felt like the mob boss scene out of The Dark Knight where Batman comes into the... Oh, yeah. The music's playing. He's beating the shit out of all the yeah. thugs. And then he's like, this is my club. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like that whole idea of him sitting in a club and just being like, yeah. I'm, I'm popping bottles. Exactly. Like, I'm, a Joker, a, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm so cool. I, yeah. So, what did you think of the look? Because that was something that was yeah. uh, quite contentious going into the movie. Yeah. yeah. For me personally, I I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. It yeah. fit the character. Yeah. The tattoos didn't bother me. Yeah. No. At all. I didn't really like the hand thing. Yeah. I didn't. Like I don't the know. Hand that that kind of got me. I was, was like, that's yeah. kind of cool. cool. It was yeah. different. It's different. Yeah. It's different. Uh, the head yeah. tattoo didn't bother yeah. me. Nothing Your like range. that. Yeah. 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 I didn't. I didn't notice the tattoos. They kind of fit. And like, it's one of those big gold chains and that needs. Yeah. Kind of a lot of wardrobe changes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot oh, of wardrobe, yeah. like Lady Which, Gaga or something. Yeah. It fits the character though. He's a bit spawny. He's you know trying to portray something. Yeah. I think that works. A lot of them were iconic joker looks i mean one of them was from the dark knight returns um with the gray suit the other one was um alex ross's painting of um with harley quinn yeah, with the, the black yeah there's like a lot of them that they were taken from different iconic comic book yeah. looks and see and those are the outfits i like the more so those ones you mentioned just because you know when you think of gotham city it's always had like that 40s 50s yeah. kind yeah. of look and joker's always capitalized off those looks right mm-hmm. so when i see them in the modern stuff i'm kind of have a hard time adjusted to it but you know throughout the film it never took me away from it i just yeah. appreciate those scenes more so when he's in like the black tux and Definitely. Like yeah that. yeah there's yeah. an easy fix too if you know if the tattoos just aren't working and fans really are unreceptive to it just have him have a scene where he jumps into a vat of chemicals or something yeah. and then the tattoos are burnt off and then he's back to normal so you can jump into acid three times the third time yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. first time you fool me shame on me <laughs> second time you fool me shame on you the thing is, you can't fool me three times. <laughs> Thanks, George. <laughs> oh, you got the reference. Yeah. Nice. So, this Joker, is he the second Joker, do you think? I know this is something that's been talked about, but what I'm looking at timeline-wise, right. he's whatever Jared Leto's age is, what, like 35 or something? No, you know what's funny? He's actually older than Ben Affleck. Oh, really? Year, really? By a year, he's actually older. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's oh, so he's in mid-40s? Yeah, he's just aged very well. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. when I looked at this character initially, I'm like, there's a lot of implied backstory with Batman in Beaver's right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wayne Manor's burnt down. He's had this long history. He's beaten up, all this yeah. kind of thing, right? Yeah. He's become very cynical. Robin's dead, mm-hmm. all this yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Where the DC Cinematic Universe kind of more or less starts with metahumans in that from Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. But there's all this backstory of Batman before that, yes. right? Yeah. I guess now that you're saying that, that they're age-wise are the same, so you yeah. can have an older Joker here. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, there seems to be a lot of history before in Batman. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense that the Joker, this Joker, was part of all that? Yeah, yeah. And I guess David Ayer came out saying, like, he, he squashed the rumors of yeah. him possibly being Jason Todd, yeah. uh, the former Robin. He, he squashed it saying, this is the Joker. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. Which is good, because that was kind of a weird rumor. It's interesting though. I kind of liked it. It's an interesting. Con- I mean, I, I, I always prefer the original, but I yeah. thought that's kind of neat of Jason Todd since he went crazy, anyways. Yeah. Why it's... not become the Joker? Yeah. DC, at least from my perspective, had left a few doors open with their villains. Yes. 
Lex Luthor's one of them. Yeah. Being Lex Luthor Jr. Yes. You got Brian Cranston show up in the next film and be like, Lex Luthor Jr., you're a dick. <laughs> yeah, you're grounded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you do a very similar thing with this Joker, which I don't think they're going to go down that path. Like, yeah. why would they? It'd be really confusing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they could go down and say, well, the original Joker, I'm going to do a Batman prequel, was yeah. something more akin to the Ledger's Joker. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If or they, kind of tied into the Red Hood gang. Well, there's like oh, a bunch yeah. of different Red Hoods, like Joker's origin. Yeah. yeah. So he wasn't the original Red Hood. You yeah. Do something like that. Are you guys excited to see more of Leto? Like, if Ben Affleck and announces his film and the big bad is Leto. Are you guys pumped? Are you guys passing? I'm I'm passing for now. I'd like to see him show up in a Ben Affleck movie, but I'd really like to get back to like the smart smarter villain, I guess, and give me like a Riddler kind yeah. of movie, or, or maybe even a penguin. I, I, yeah. I'm kind of joke it out for now. Yeah. I'd like to see him show up in other movies. Yeah. I'd like definitely. to see him be a continuous thread that's like, oh the Joker's here and the Joker's doing this yeah. and just be like something crazy. Even as just little references. Yeah. It'd be something yeah. cool, you know, in the New 52 where it's like, how old is the Joker? Who is the Joker? Yes. And we see him showing up like hundreds of years I ago. I love that. And then yeah. Batman's like, how is this possible? Exactly. Have him show up in Wonder Woman in World War One or something. Yeah. And the pale-faced men. Yeah. 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 And yeah. then you'd be like, like, is this, is he 100 years old? Like, what is this? And that'd be just, cool. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Then he can incorporate the Court of Owls, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I, I really like that idea. Patty yeah. Jenkins, if you're listening, yeah. even though the yeah. film's probably already shot, I'm it's assuming. done. Yeah. I think there were tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for trench warfare, guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Say here, Kepa. Um, so the Joker was not the main villain of no. this movie. We had two other villains, and they're not Warner Brothers studio executives. <laughs> <laughs> Although. <laughs> So uh. the villains I'm referring to, actually there's three more villains I would consider here. Okay. So we have Enchantress. Yes. And her brother. <laughs> her yeah. brother. That's the only name they gave him. <laughs> I, they call him Incubus. Incubus, exactly. Well, that's, oh, really? Yeah, I think yeah. maybe from the comics or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh. that's just from uh, me reading on some other things. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we have the cannon fodder alien I face guess. things, yeah, whatever they are. Uh, what did you think of the <laughs> villains? I thought he's a knockoff for the brother of um, Thor 1. Yes, um, he looked you, like the, the destroyer. Uh, destroyer. Destroyer, totally yeah. like the destroyer. Where they fight in Seven Eleven. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, I thought that was horrible because you have Amanda Walder, who's basically equivalent to Nick Fury. Yeah, you, you could say she has all the security over the heart attached to Chantress. Yeah, but then she has the brother statue just in the closet, just open for grabs from anybody, and then she comes in, takes the statue, brings life to the brother. I thought that was pretty weak. But um, the brother at first I thought was a little intimidating until yeah. the end when he got kind of owned. Yeah. yeah. CGI was horrendous. Oh, CGI so wasn't very good, no. Bad. It looked very dated. I was actually really very uh, reminiscent of Mortal Kombat 1 at the end, when like, the <laughs> fighters all gather up and they're about to throw down, and then Chantus is like breakdancing in the back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just felt like a different movie. It did. It, yeah. We did not need another kind of like light in the sky sort of villain, right? No. And the fact that this was a global threat, mm-hmm. and more towards the end, mm-hmm. didn't make sense to me. No. Going back, the actual mission was extraction, right? right. Extract Amanda Wall. Yeah. And, which sucked. <laughs> but then in the end, they're kind of like, oh, we're going to actually go fight these guys. And the world is ending. And they're killing all the U.S. military satellites and all mm-hmm. that. At that point, I'm like, well, we've now gone into something completely different. Yeah. And if we had someone like the Joker, or at least scaled down these powers to the point where it was just affecting the city, mm-hmm. yeah. as opposed to the whole world. Yeah. There, you're in a smaller city, you're away from Gotham, you're away from Metropolis, and you can buy into the fact that Maybe Batman's not going to be there. And yeah. Maybe the Flash is off doing something else. Right. And 
So you can get that idea. You don't run into this issue yet where it's like, well, why didn't the Flash or whatever just show exactly. up with Wonder Woman? And yes, they are present, but if something was a bit more localized, you can get that. And it's just happening over a short period of time. Yeah. We're going to test these guys in the field. I get that. But yeah. this, for me, too big. Yeah, definitely too big. I felt the third act was uh, pretty weak. I didn't care for the brother. I thought, you know, as we said, the CGI wasn't very good. He didn't have very much like to do. He was just there for kind of... A big bad to beat up. Yeah. Yep. Um, the eyeball guys, to me, it doesn't really matter. I mean, we've seen them. We've seen this before, as we said. Yeah. You know, it's just to see cool scenes of Deadshot on the car, shooting that them all. Cool. That's a great scene. That's yeah. probably my favorite. Um, yeah. Harley Quinn bashing him with a mallet and a baseball bat. Captain Boomerang using boomerangs. Like, whatever. We get that in every... It's kind of a comic book movie trope at this point. It is. I don't mind it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Age of Ultron, we got to see, like, Thor use his hammer. Otherwise, if he's using his hammer... You know, you don't really get to see it. Yeah. Uh, same with Wolverine with his claws. You know, we saw it in X Men Apocalypse, and you got to see him actually like let loose finally and like kill people with his claws, which was kind of different. But again, that's going back to they all have like masks and stuff, yeah. on, right? So it's like you're not really getting. They got away with a lot of blood there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But again, they need to cover faces. Yeah. It's oh, not yeah. you're not putting a face, and that's the PG thirteen right killing it again. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Deadpool is just like, yeah, we're gonna kick heads. And, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, everything like that. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, Deadpool. I mean, Deadpool worked. It was. It wasn't as big as gambles people think. Like sixty million dollar budget. No. I mean, whatever. And the marketing was more like guerrilla marketing, where they probably didn't spend hundred million dollars. No. They probably spent maybe twenty million, and the rest was just like word of mouth that made that film take off yeah. whereas with this with a, that big of a budget you couldn't have made it r i mean i would have loved to see it rated r but logistically it just wasn't going to happen enchantress though I, I thought she was kind of freaky when like the scene when she's in the thing and then the black hand comes and like that turns it over that was cool yeah that was cool and mm-hmm. then she just she's kind of like scared she doesn't know what she's doing and then she goes to iran grabs those plans from tehran and then oh that rhymes she ran to Iran and grabbed the plans from Tehran. <laughs> and then that's kind of like gets the government on board. Like, man, shit, if these guys can do that, let's get them on our side. Yeah. So I kind of bought that. And then when she turned into kind of the um, Mayan dancing lady, kind of took me out a little bit. I mean, I kind of got where they were going, where she's building this world engine that's going to take over yeah. the world and destroy it. So it's kind of just like the thing where it's, you know, it's like everything where there's this villain and he defeats the heroes and then he's, he or she is like, well, I got to have a rest now before I take my next plan. You know, it's kind of like that. We've seen that a million times in movies. So for me, I was able to overlook it. Like, whatever. I kind of got where they're going. You got this, like, you know, this threat where you can take it out. And, you know, I I, I don't know. I didn't mind um, Enchantress so much as the brother really bugged me. And the eyeball guys were... Just there for cannon fodder. Did the voiceover work take any of you guys out of the film at the end with Enchantress? Yes. That was weird, right? At yeah. the end? Weird British accent. Yeah. There's like kind of like this like well, like echoey voice in yeah, that. Yeah, their bodies moving one way. And it felt like it almost didn't yeah, it didn't, didn't match up. Okay. Match. Yeah, weird. That's huh. really weird. I, I didn't yeah. I didn't catch that actually. What yeah. do you guys make of her being in the in the uh, soul sword? So there's a possibility of her coming back. Possibly uh. in Justice League Dark? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, well, just going a bit before that, I thought that was also a little telegraphed too when Holly Quinn took the sword. Yeah. I thought that was a little funny, but getting past that, yeah, I think um, that's cool that they have her in, in their back pocket that she can turn up anytime again in this yeah. universe. That yeah. character's fine. Yeah. Not in this movie, though. Exactly. Yeah. yeah like, you just see Dark, mm-hmm. what you explained there, that makes sense to sold. me. Yeah, yeah, sold. Not here. No. Yeah. <laughs> but I mentioned three villains. Yes. Yes. So here's my take on the third villain of this movie. <laughs> Amanda Waller. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. This self-righteous oh, bitch. Oh, man. She is evil. Terrible yeah. person. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's killing 
young US agents yeah. to cover her own ass. Yeah. She's sacrificed a squad of villains, fine, but US servicemen to mm-hmm. come save her yeah. while yeah. she's there trying to save her own ass for yeah. releasing Enchantress. Yeah. And she's got her finger on the trigger the whole time. Oh, yeah. She's like, I'm going to do anything I need to do here. You said Nick Fury. Yeah. This is no Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Nick Fury's not that evil. No. He's not even evil. He's a good guy. So what did you think of Amanda Waller, Viola Davis here? So have you ever watched How to Get Away with Murder? I have. Yeah. No. So her character is very similar, much more relentless in this. Yeah. yeah. But you get... I understand why they cast her. Oh, yeah. And I'm growing a little tired of her character on that show. Mm-hmm. But in here, it's kind of like, this is the villain of the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. And the rest of it's just kind of there, yeah. right? And she so I can appreciate, strings. yeah, I can yeah. appreciate this character. And I'm glad they, they we do, we'll get into this with the mid-credit, but mm-hmm. they, she's still a stat, like she's still there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I really like this idea. And this is one I, again, I'd like to see her popping up once in a while. Exactly. Yeah. And this is what the movie needed, because we needed like a big bag with like some brains, some smarts, right? Going yeah. On. So yeah. it's really crucial, her character, her role, and how she executed it. And she did it so well, so... You know, hat off to her, right? She's great. Oh yeah, if she wasn't as evil as she was, you never kind of would have rallied around the squad. Exactly. Yeah, and you sympathize for those evil yeah, people yes. because yeah. of her. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I think you know maybe she was a tad bit too evil, <laughs> but uh, no, I totally got it. like she is a villain and she can go toe to toe with Batman. You know, I could see her popping up in Justice League. Maybe saying, like, why do we have this Justice League? I have my Suicide Squad something and maybe a conflict there. But you can totally see um, where this universe is going and you could totally see that she fits in perfectly. Mm-hmm. Did you ever buy into the idea that when she was talking about, oh, I want to set up this this crew because we don't have Superman anymore and what if the next Superman is evil? Did you ever buy that this crew could take down a Superman-type hero? No. Or they villain? took Not down Enchantress. All. And in the comics, Enchantress yeah. can take down Superman because he is... Magic. He yeah, he can't t- he touch can't magic. Touch, yeah, magic beats him. So, yeah. Rock beats Scissors, but Scissors... No, wait. Yeah, Rock beats Scissors, Scissors beats Paper, Paper beats Rock. Well, could you see this team take out Doomsday? No. No, no. no It would have been a cool fight, though. They would have been crushed. They would have been crushed. <laughs> yeah, not a chance. Because Batman, in my opinion, well, he's already proven that he can take each and every one of these members yeah. out. Yeah. And he couldn't do anything against Doomsday. Yeah. Let alone these guys. So... Yeah, when they were making it up that, you know, this is going to be a top-notch squad, I was never really on board with it. Did you guys catch the uh, Superman 2 reference there when she's like, what if Superman, or the guy's like, what if Superman had flown into the Oval Office, Mm -hmm. ripped off the roof of the White House, and kidnapped the president? And that's directly from Superman 2, where Zod does that when he goes into the Oval Ah, Office, and he says, kneel before Zod. Okay. So there's a little uh, Easter egg there. So the twist... (laughs) Of the the initial mission for the squad, yeah, is to go and pick up this unnamed person. Yeah, yes. What did you think of that twist that it was actually Amanda Waller? Did you like that? <laughs> um, to be honest with you, I was a little confused. I was like, um, they're trying to pick up this person, and then I kind of got lost because I thought their mission was to take out like the swirling ring of garbage in the sky, and I was like, oh yeah, their mission is to pick up this guy, and then I was like, oh, it's Amanda Waller. All right, I guess <laughs> it didn't. Yeah, I agree. Total confusion when they opened the door. I was like. This makes no sense. Why is she here? And I guess she's on the ground to she's trying to cover her ass and all that. Yeah. But at the same time, I was always, I was expecting it to be some sort of not so much obscure, but some really cool reference to a greater DC Cinematic Universe character, Alfred, yeah. or like even the Joe, someone different. Shazam, someone that's ancient. Oh, Shazam yeah. would have been amazing. Cool, right? yeah. Like we have this yeah. asset that we need to extract. Yeah. And just ha- or have them like another villain. 
that could potentially join the squad later on. Yeah. Or whatever that's locked up. They're like, we have to get them out of there because if Enchantress finds him yeah. and releases him on the, the Earth, cool. then we have a big problem. Exactly. So that would be like, cool. Let's extract this asset and get it out of there. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for some big twist. Or like the yeah. rock to show up or something oh, like that. Oh, that would have been right? so huge. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That would have been crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's actually a good point. That would have been super cool. So, a <laughs> little disappointed good. that they didn't do that now. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> Sorry, man. That's no, all right. It's all right. What about the, the plot and the film structure? So, we talked a lot about the characters, and that's a lot of what this movie is based around. What did you feel about how it flowed relative to, say, Batman vs. Superman? Because I know, Troy and I, you and I both had issues with the way the film was edited yes. and structured. Mm-hmm. And that had flashbacks, too, where this has flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And what did you think about how the movie flowed overall and how it went from scene to scene and mm-hmm. integrated in the flashback scenes? I think it was, a, it was a little more cleaned up and polished than BBS. I still think BBS holds it down for like the worst edited movie I've seen in a long time. Does that include the Ultimate Edition or just the trailer? Or the theatrical one? <laughs> the or theatrical both? one. I'll yeah. look at the theatrical one. Okay. Um, so this one was definitely edited a little bit more. So uh, the movie flowed okay, but there's still some confusing points when they're going from here to here, here to there, there to here. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. I felt that the flashbacks for me worked a little better than they did in Batman vs. Superman. Definitely. I felt they answered questions, which I think flashbacks should do. Yes. Mm-hmm. It gives you a little more insight into a character's present day mm-hmm. motivations as far as even Deadshot and even a bit of Harley Quinn stuff, I felt that worked a bit more. It wasn't yeah. as jarring to me. I didn't feel like I was pulled right out of the movie. Yeah, shoved into a different movie. I yes. agree. And then pulled back and put back in. Yeah. And I thought those worked for me. And, you know, there's been a lot of complaints about the film editing and how it's structured and that. As I was watching it, I didn't really feel too much of that. Yeah. yeah. There's some points where Rick Flagg's hair kept growing and then getting <laughs> cut and then growing and getting cut. That bothered me a little bit. That's being nitpicky. Yeah. And I can see where some of the scenes, like the Joker stuff in particular, it's been cut out. Mm-hmm. And so there is some, you know, jarring editing. Yeah. But it wasn't, I don't think, as bad as it was in Beaver's S. And I felt it flowed relatively well. There's yeah. are issues with the plot itself. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's pretty thin. Mm-hmm. But the flow of the movie worked for me. Yeah. yeah for yeah. the most part. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I felt there were some weird moments, too, sometimes, though, when they throw in like, these last-minute little, um, uh, like, one-liners at the end of some of these yeah. scenes. I was like, I don't know if this was due to reshoots, because, you know, they, they had some reshoots going yeah. on. I don't know if yeah. it was to make it more funny. So that kind of took me out a little bit, but nothing, again, that's kind of nitpicking. I still feel BVS had the worst editing. Yeah. <laughs> Not to pick on it, but, it, yeah. you know, if you want to compare the two, I, I definitely think Suicide Squad is a little more of a cleaned-up film yeah. Yeah. than BVS. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, part of the reason why I feel like a lot of the critics bash this movie, one of the reasons I think is this isn't your typical three-act film. We have a beginning, middle, end. I think this film kind of, like, jumps from different places, and it's not your typical, you know, movie so you have like the beginning where I've never seen that before where you introduce the characters and kind of like music videos almost or vignettes of each character I thought that was really cool and then I think a lot of people maybe felt that was lazy but I think like the kind of vibe they were going for it worked for me you know I just wanted to go in high octane high action and that's part of the reason why I enjoyed this film but I as I said you know I feel like the film structure was different than maybe a civil war or like even like a Henry VIII. I, I mean, I, this is the first person to compare Suicide Squad to a Shakespeare play, but you know, like Shakespeare, you know, the plays and like different acts have different acts and they follow kind of like a linear structure. Whereas this one kind of felt like jumping all over the place. And for me, it, it worked. So it's a bit more of this nonlinear storytelling that we got in Deadpool. That was focusing around one character. This is nonlinear on several characters. Yeah. Which does make it harder to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's maybe where some people are having issues. But I didn't have too hard of a time with it. No, no, no. Sanjay, you brought up a bit about the music. And that was a big focus point on this movie. And which draws a lot of comparisons to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Yeah. And for me, in particular, the score was fine. 
Yeah. The, the returning composer, he did Fury and all that. Same. Oh, so he's okay. worked a day or before. And but I felt sometimes the music was a bit like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah. And and layering it with the Eminem song and there was I felt pulled me right out. Oh really? Some of it worked. Yeah. I think the start few scenes with the music worked. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes it was just like a scene happening and then all of a sudden this music comes <laughs> on. It's like, where did this come from? Yeah. Jumping from music to music. I, I liked all their choices. I thought the choices that they chose for each character fit well. Like uh, with Harley Quinn, it's like I don't even know I forget the title of the song, but it's like you don't owe, owe me. Or you don't know me. I don't know. But it worked for me. I thought the songs that they chose for each character worked well. And um, I could definitely see, like, it was pretty jarring. As you said, like, you know, it seemed like one song to another to another. But I think that's kind of the vibe they were kind of going for is, like, this music video on steroids, kind of. It felt like a bit of an afterthought to me, some mm-hmm. of it. You it think, like, like, yeah. It was like, we have this here. We need something that's just... And I agree. They're going for this up-tempo beat. Yeah. But it felt like, like we need to get something in there. Yeah. I just... It didn't really work. Like, yeah. with Guardians, I hate making this comparison, but I felt with Guardians, it was well thought out and added to the movie. And also yeah. organic, too. It yeah. felt right. Yeah. Right? And it was, again, integrated in the fact that he was listening to it. Exactly. Yeah. And that, where this felt, some of it worked, yeah. but some of it was just like, okay, I'm completely out of the, out yeah. of the scene now. This doesn't fit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wasn't on board with it, especially because I do believe, correct me if I'm wrong, David Ayer would start off as a music video director. Oh, really? So that makes it even more weird, the fact that the music choice here I thought was just a little, um, just a little rocky. The score, like you said, the score is fine, but mm-hmm. for the overall uh, opener where you're introducing these characters, I just yeah. I didn't I didn't like any of the music choices. Oh, selection. really? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't oh, like wow. it at all. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. disagree, Troy. <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> we never disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I thought it worked. I mean, if you didn't have the music with the introductions and stuff, I think it kind of would have felt flat. Whereas this one pumps up the energy and it brings you into the film and you're like, all right, let's go. Like, let's get our guns. Let's get our baseball bat. Like, let's just go shoot stuff and let's just go kill stuff. So yeah, no, I definitely think you need the music. I just didn't like the music they chose. Yeah. Yeah, Fair enough. Fair enough. So there's two big scenes at the end of this movie. There's your end fight sequence and there's what I'm calling the bar scene. Okay. Okay. Let's talk a bit about the bar scene. So. Once we have Amanda Waller's kind of whereabouts sussed out by Enchantress, she kind of gets kidnapped, right? Yeah. And that's how they get the location of all these U.S. sites. And so with that, with her compromise, we have Rick Flagg basically admitting to the the squad what's actually going on behind the scenes, you know, about Enchantress, about his relationship with her. And he kind of lays it all out on the table for them, breaks the phone or whatever, and says, you're free to go. Yeah. Yeah. This is at the point where I start to get a bit skewed with the character motivations. <laughs> um, we talked about dead shots. You know, this is for my daughter. Harley Quinn comes back after the Joker kind of saves her, sort of. And then she falls out. Yeah. And, yeah. So she, but, but why does she come back to the squad? I think she doesn't have anything left, so she's just like, well, might as well. But she for the Joker's dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for a woman that was, you know, the queen of Gotham at some yeah. point, right? Yeah. And I just, I just don't see her coming back to the squad. And, and this is the same thing we talked about: Jai Courtney's character, Captain Boomerang, yeah. him taking off. I great scene. Yeah. But why does he come back? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And Killer Croc's kind of there. Right? Yeah. And, you know, he has kind of these weird jokes. Is he, I'm a pretty man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some people made jokes, too, that Jai Courtney left, but came back because he's Captain Boomerang. And the Boomerang oh, comes back. okay. I don't that's know if cool. That's, that's cool. It just kind of, like, shows but, back up yeah. when he's strutting down the street. Yeah, I, it, I don't that, know. That took me out. And I wish he just stayed gone. Because I was like, okay, nice. He's, he's gone. He's, he's yeah. Filming. Yeah. And he came back. I think <laughs> this was one of the scenes that was a pickup. 
I don't know if it was or not, mm-hmm. but this felt like something that was added later to bring the audience back around to mm-hmm. be like, okay, we can sympathize with these characters and here's their motivations and this is why they're going out to try to save the world. Yeah. It works kind of, I thought it was going to be a lot more of a comedic scene actually. Yeah. Where yeah. they kind of finished their first mission, they're all kind of tired and they're in there just drinking whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is actually quite a, a linchpin scene where we're seeing it jumping off into them making the decision to stay together without the, having the, trigger finger there where yeah. they're forced to be part of this right yeah, yeah. So they're, they're left to their own devices to run away or to band together and fight yeah. and i just don't see the reason i don't think i have invested enough in these characters to see why they've banded together mm-hmm. to actually go fight this greater evil no no yeah, definitely well, agree i think you know the whole point of the scene was just to show them like bear their soul where you see el diablo that's when he tells them okay i killed yeah. my wife and mm-hmm. kids and then will smith you know he says like you know this is some bible shit like you know when they write about this you know make sure that they show me that like i saved the world kind of thing and i think it's kind of just like them exposing themselves and being like yeah like our whole lives like we've been bad people we've done bad, bad things dudes. we're bad people man we're, we're from the bad r- guys we're from the wrong side of the tracks yeah. and then they throw the toothpick at him and he's like razor ramon shows up <laughs> that'd be awesome that would have been so cool give someone a razor's edge yeah um but I think it's just showing them, you know, the camaraderie that, you know, we've all done these terrible acts, but we can finally do something good. So, hey, why not? Let's just do it. And yeah, I, I agree. It, it is kind of it is kind of thin, but it does give them, you know, kind of a reason to go back and finish the fight as opposed to just leaving and then the movie ending with the world. <laughs> True. Or, if, you know, maybe Superman comes back and saves it in two seconds and then the I don't know. It seems like they're tying, trying to tie up a lot really quickly here. Like, yeah. Shit, we, we're, we're already at the hour and a half, hour 45 yeah. minute mark. We got to wrap this yeah. up. Got rushed. And yeah. you can tell they cut stuff because even from the trailer, Harley's like, well, what do you guys want? Hot stuff. And then yeah. they go, beer, whiskey. And the guy says, water. El Diablo says, water. So, you know, you could probably tell there's probably more from that that was cut yeah. that would have benefited if it was kept in there. So quickly here, we'll go on to this end fight scene because I think right. the implications for this are, <laughs> for the whole movie is almost none. <laughs> so we have the Enchantress and her CGI brother destroying the world. Yep. And we get the crew coming back. Yeah. We get a little bit of mind screwing here going on. Yeah. What did you guys make of the uh, three? I think it was their three dream scenarios. So Deadshot kills Batman. Yeah. Harley Quinn marries Joker. And they have children. And El Diablo, is it him? Yeah, it is. He has a family. His family's back. Oh, yeah. yes, that's right. That's back. right. What yeah. do you guys make of that? I like I, the Joker one. I think it's playing, again, on the... You're, they're trying to pull on these characters and trying to humanize them a bit. Yeah. And these scenes do do that. <laughs> with the exception of Deadshots, where he's envisioning killing Batman. Yeah. And um, he's just like, i got things to deal with in Gotham later. But yeah. it, uh, they're fine. Yeah. They're yeah. Again, I don't know if it really matters for the movie no um and did it change my opinion on the characters it made me think that harley quinn was even crazier yeah Yeah. that she thinks she can just have this normal life with the joker i like that people were complaining about that online like oh harley just wants to be a housewife but i'm like no that's directly from the comic books that they took that and i think the animated series as well yeah see that's why i appreciate that scene that's why i'm missing more about that kind of stuff from that relationship i like that i i this might sound bad but i actually the reason why the relationship doesn't really work for me because going back to the animated series, Joker like doesn't really care that much for Harley Quinn. Like, yeah, he's, it's a different he's like dynamic. an asshole. Like, yeah, he doesn't love her like the way that she loves him. She's like obsessed over Mr. J. Right? Yeah. He, so I yeah. wish that was kind of in the movie, but I see why they made it like a romance between the two of them. Yeah, I think yeah. if they had kept it, I agree. If they had kept it the way it was in the animated series, yeah. living in the internet age that we do yeah. now. This film would have got ripped to shreds. <laughs> Apparently, from some of the stuff I read, that 
the Ayers original cut had a lot more of that in it. Yeah. Really? And apparently yeah. in the chopper scene, he actually shoves her out. Oh, okay. Wow. So Not to save like... her just because he's like, yeah, I don't. I don't need you anymore. See, that's that's the Joker. I think there's yeah. a lot more of that. Yeah. I think they've taken a lot, cut that wow. a lot of that out. Yeah, um, I agree. That is so. But cool. I mean, yeah. it would have it would have been in line with what the Joker really is. But I, it, it sucks. Like I agree. I think it would have been cool. Like I, I'm not here spouting off about saying like, oh, you know, the Joker should have been like hitting Harley and stuff. But like no. that's his character. Like exactly. yeah. you know, like I'm not saying like normal people should do that. I'm just yeah. saying the Joker is one messed up, deranged yeah, exactly. dude, and you should never you know model your behavior after this character. Yeah. And you know, and in this one here, he's kind of like. Well, I'm gonna save Harley from the chemicals. That that I didn't mind so much because he's kind of like he's a bit reluctant. Yeah, yeah that yeah. that I didn't mind so much. But yeah, I, I agree. Like I want to see more Joker, kind of just be like deranged and crazy yes, and yes, like exactly. There seemed to be more of a codependency between the two of them than maybe yeah. the, you'd expect, right? Yeah. There was, and maybe that was built in through the cuts. It's like. Right. She needs him a lot, but then when she's not around, he needs... Like, they're kind of yearning for each other yeah. a bit. And you do feel that a bit more from the Joker side. There's, you don't get that impression that he doesn't really care about her. Mm-hmm. He's making and going to a lot of efforts to come after her and get her, right? Mm-hmm. And he's not doing that just because... Just, well, maybe he is going to do that just to mess with her mind. But yeah. at the same time, you know, that's a lot of effort. <laughs> but is it love or is it more of a, I need someone to help run my empire and hardly someone that I trust that I know won't backstab me? I so don't, I don't know if it's a much... I think that's just they're both psychopaths. Yeah. 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 And this is just how they operate. Mm-hmm. Like like a Sid and Nancy vibe or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So it's it's like this, I need you, but I don't need you, but I want you, yes. but I can have you, but when I have you, I don't want you. That yeah. sort of weird yes. thing going on. Yeah. yeah. So And then at the end, Fight Sequence, El Diablo goes all CGI demon. Mm-hmm. Human yeah. Torch. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> the shit out of uh, CGI brother. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And then we have Killer Croc doing a really weird scramble. Yeah. And She's giving characters... <laughs> Because it, it felt like the end, they're like, we have not given any of these characters anything to do. No. Let's have them all do something at the end here. Yeah. El Diablo's thing was kind of cool. Didn't see yeah. that coming. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely uh, not. Yeah. Which is kind of neat. Uh, Killer Croc, again. Didn't care. Too little, too late. Yeah. It helps out a bit, but really, you know, it's not. It's the seals that get the bomb. It's the seals that place the bomb. And it's the seals that push the bomb. So <laughs> yeah. he doesn't really do anything at that scene. <laughs> he eats all the eyeball guys. Oh, yeah. I guess he does go in there and starts killing people. Yeah. But... He's, 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 he's a crocodile. Uh, and then the machine or world engine, whatever it is, explodes, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. they've saved the world. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They've done the job. The Suicide Squad yeah. gets the job, and then they get an espresso machine and BET. Yeah. And... and Amanda Waller shows up like with no damage at yeah. all. She's yeah. good. She yeah, she's, she's fine. She's the wall. She's the brick <laughs> <Yeah>. wall. <laughs> they get 10 years knocked off. They're not too happy about that. They yeah. want free, basically. Yeah. Uh, sets up the sequel, kind of, if you want, with some of these characters. Mm-hmm. And then we have, at the end, mm-hmm. the Joker. Yes, showing up to he's save back. Yeah. And yeah. they couldn't have left that hanging, I don't think. I, I don't love the scene, but I love that they've brought the Joker back and said, yep, he's here. Yeah. yeah. I would have appreciated more across his chest if it was Joe space Kerr. Yes, yes, yes like the Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is it Dark Knight? It's spray-painted yeah. on the wall yeah. in Batman vs. Superman. Oh, really? In, you know when they're having yeah. their big fight sequence in yeah. that weird dungeon thing or whatever or yeah. the docks yeah. it's spray painted on the wall Joker oh it is oh, there. Okay. I remember when Batman Begins at the end the guy shows up and it says Joker yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I really like that I, that's, that's cool yeah. I was like oh, that would have been cool but yeah. again it doesn't really matter <laughs> for the movie and so he runs off with her into possibly their own movie yes mm-hmm. I think that's the rumor is that Harley's getting her own movie I with so, uh, yeah. Leto 
Yeah, I'd be down. I'd be down. I'd definitely watch that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just it, see the dynamic. You know, something interesting. We talk about, you know, Suicide Squad killing it at the box office. Then you see a film like X-Men who's struggling. And you look at the two films and you could say they're probably of comparable quality. So, you know, Suicide Squad was something different. We've never seen the villains kind of be the heroes before in a superhero movie. So, uh, again, a Harley and a Joker movie would be something entirely different that we haven't gotten before. When you say that, though, the, the villains being the heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why couldn't we have had a villain, maybe more of a Manawara, that was a hero that was actually a villain? Yeah. Which I think this is kind of, but yeah. it's it's kind of masked and hidden in the background. Mm-hmm. Well, that's um, a confusing question. <laughs> Can you say yeah. So you have the villains that are heroes. Yeah. Instead of having a true evil, yeah. have a villain that is masking as a hero. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Amanda Waller was that, Yeah, but she... Was kind of pulled to the background here and there, in and out. Yeah. Um, instead of having like this great threat, just I think they could have done something more with that. Like I think that's why people are more interested in the concept of this as opposed to say an X Men, which is maybe getting a bit tired. Yes. Yeah. Is that we have something different, something new. Mm-hmm. Same with Deadpool, right? People were on board with that. Yeah. Yes. And people were on board with this because it was different. And because the the villain is the weakest part of this movie, mm-hmm. having a strong villain, something again, a twist on the villain. You know, whether it was the Joker or whether it was more of an Amanda Waller who is. A villain in the movie but is portraying herself as a hero as yes. someone that's doing yeah. good for the world mm-hmm. yeah right? i think if they had gone down that path a bit more and and explored something different on the villain side to contrast what they have with what we're calling anti-heroes or whatever yeah, yeah. i think that would have worked a bit better definitely so is that what you're kind of wanting to see if they do a sequel i assume they're going to do a sequel this thing's doing gangbusters at the box office yeah. They need to do something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we say that a lot with these movies, and that seems to be what's working, right? Yeah. We look at the movies that have come out this year that have stayed with their current past, your X-Men, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That it's they're not they're doing okay, but they're not doing gangbusters like this, right? People are going to see different things. They, the fans want something more, right? Yeah. We yeah. saw it with Civil War. We saw it hero versus hero, yeah. something mm-hmm. different. And we saw that with Batman versus Superman again, right? Mm-hmm. Hero versus hero. Yeah, even so, Apocalypse, I guess, is the heroes versus each other, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, way. I guess, yeah, yeah. That's interesting, yeah. yeah. That's, that's kind of more what I would have liked to seen with mm-hmm. that whole thing. But then DC. Now, we finally embrace yes. the mid-credit or post-credit sequence. Yes, they're finally um, doing that. Which I think it's, it's nice. Yeah, it's about time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a nice little stinger. It's kind of like a little thing to kind of wet your beak so you're super jacked for the next film. Is it, though? <laughs> I think so. I mean, when we saw, what was it, Iron Man 2 or whatever, where you just see Thor's hammer? Oh, yes. Awesome. So here's my, here's my only... <laughs> well, <laughs> this is what I do, right? <laughs> this is a redundant scene. Yeah. If this was at the end of Man of Steel, this would have been enormous. This yeah, would have been sure. your Nick Fury... In Iron Man's mansion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. For me, with Batman sitting across from Manowar, I like the dynamic. Yeah. Ben Affleck again, killing it as Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Love, yeah. he's great. Yeah. You know, he's gonna be Batman forever. Right? Oh, yeah. He's gonna be the definitive Batman. No, that's Val Kilmer's Batman. Film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when he sits across from her and says, it takes a, a, a file folder and yeah. flips through it, and we see Flash and Aquaman. Yeah. And Enchantress. Yeah. Well, we. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Pretty, they're just implying that they keep track of everyone, right? Yeah. And when you look at it, it's like, okay, yeah, we already know that he's forming the Justice League. We've seen the trailer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we saw Batman vs. Superman, which he has complete files on <laughs> yeah, the characters. Exactly. He just has videos of him. Yeah. Okay, he needs it on paper, too. Yeah. <laughs> Something cooler might have been was maybe showing what potentially the villain for Justice League is. We've been monitoring extraterrestrial, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. The, okay, now we're going to tease... The Justice League villain, yeah. right? Yeah, fair enough. And something like something different. Yeah, we so- know every that scene 
all it did was give a nice contrast between Amanda Waller and Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And they could butt heads later down the road. But are we going to see that really develop? Probably, Probably. not. Mm, oh, you might but, see it in Suicide Squad too. Sure, but as far as something bigger in the cinematic universe or, or yeah. teasing something to come down the future, are you more excited about a potential villain in Justice League? Or are you more excited about Amanda Waller and Bruce Wayne maybe having lines at some point in the future? Yeah, I, true enough, true enough. You know, I, I think, especially that scene could have been just in the movie. Why make that an after credit scene? Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, maybe they, you know, maybe they're just like, well, let's just throw it in. We don't want to show our cards too much for Justice League because, I mean... That's fair. One of the things we talked about BVS is they showed us a lot in the trailers. And maybe they're like, okay, let's scale this back. Maybe they're thinking some of the criticism from that and saying, okay, let's just... You know, it seems like they are listening to fans and critics alike. Um, you wouldn't know it from uh, so these Rotten Tomato scores, but uh, it seems like they are listening because you know we heard BVS too dark and grim. This one not dark and grim at all. Well, it is in a way, but not <laughs> BVS level. All I'm saying is that I'm not trying to beat the shit out of this as much as I would. You actually done better than I thought you would. I was okay. coming in here, I had my boxing gloves ready. <laughs> I was, you know, I was prepared to battle this out. I was like, okay, guys. BVS time again, okay, I've... I'm not a cynical asshole all the time. (laughs) (laughs) All I did was sit out on the computer on YouTube, listen to insults, so I'm like, all right, let's do this! (laughs) All I'm saying with this is that from the Justice League trailer, we have Bruce Wayne specifically stating, I know there's a bigger threat coming. Tease more of that. That's all I'm saying to do. That would have been cool. Right, And because you have Amanda Waller who keeps track of everything, including, which wasn't implied in... Batman vs Superman, the fact that metahumans are all over the place now. We have witches, we have gods, all this kind of crap, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just give us a little more of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that tease would have worked a bit better than saying Aquaman and Flash are coming. We know that. Flash was in this movie. Yeah. Aquaman yeah. was heavily portrayed in the Justice League trailer. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So it's just, it's just maybe working your shit out a bit more yeah, and I just being so. a again, maybe it's a bit nitpicky. It's nice to see after credit scenes. I'm yeah. happy that they're doing them. Mm-hmm. And again, that's the benefit they have from having a more established universe, a foundation, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. And I think if they continue going forward with that, get their footing a bit more and be like, this is how we tease things. Like I said, and I man of steel, everyone would have lost their minds on that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it was too they, early. They didn't plan no. ahead enough. No, exactly. Yeah. There wasn't enough foresight to do something like that in man of steel too, or man of steel. Oh, a little foreshadowing. <laughs> you think on the flip side, because I've been saying for a long time, why? Like, I hope Batman has like the weapons to stop the Justice League. Do you think with this going on, when you know Batman says shut uh-huh. it down, I, you know he has the Justice League going on? You think Amanda Waller now could be the one being like, you know what, I gotta shut you guys down, and she makes cool. the Suicide Squad even bigger and tougher. Yeah. Maybe going on, you could eventually get yeah. a Suicide versus Justice League. That would have been cool if you like amp it up so you get like bigger villains. Maybe like yeah. instead of um, Captain Boomerang, you get Reverse Flash. Yeah, or like, Black yeah. Manta, he's or, been part of the, yeah, the right? Clayface, or you know, some cool. Superman villain like Parasite. Yeah, or bigger, they right? bring back Doomsday even, and like put a, something in his neck, and then he's part of the Suicide Squad, and then you have the Justice League trying to take like all these people yeah. down. Because right now, obviously, this league or this team, this squad couldn't go toe to toe with the Justice League. Oh but no, yeah, they, soup it up, they couldn't beat any of the four, not the single five members, maybe <laughs> Cyborg, maybe not Cyborg. even <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Captain Boomerang for Cyborg. <laughs> And she seems to imply that she knows who Bruce Wayne is. Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah, she does in the yeah, comics for sure. Nights, I think she says. Yeah, yeah. Stop working yeah, nights. Stop working nights. Yeah, I like that. Nights. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was cool. That's yeah. Cool. That's cool. So, you know, talking about Suicide Squad and, you know, talking about DC kind of going forward, where do you want to see DC, the DC Extended Universe, go from here? I mean, we've had three films. All three of them have been decisive, to say it politely. Um, what do you want? What are you guys expecting next year from your Wonder Woman, your Justice League? And then going forward, we just got word today that... Um, Superman. 
Uh, Superman Man of Steel 2 is coming out. And as well, Flash is going to start filming in London pretty soon, uh, early next year. So what are you guys expecting from the DCU? I mean, Jeff Johns has taken over from the previous heads. And I think he's going to be more involved with the uh, production of these films. So this was kind of the last one under the old guard. And Wonder Woman is the first one where Johns had his hand in it. But he kind of let Patty Jenkins do her own thing. Mm -hmm. So what are you guys expecting? Are you guys, you know... We've had three films in this universe so far. Are you guys excited? Are you guys disappointed? I mean, what are your prospects of the future of the DCEU? Well, I guess I uh, I want vision. Like, I want them to have a clear vision. I want them to stick to it. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to keep playing reactionary, you know. I, they yeah. keep jumping from here to there. I really want some strong standalone movies now. Yeah. I, I don't need to keep seeing movies with, like, uh, there's word that it's going to be Cyborg and The Flash team up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's word going around with that. We already have BVS. We have Justice League. I just want to see a good Wonder Woman movie. Yes. A good Flash movie. A good The Batman movie. Stuff like that. And Superman. And, um... Yeah, we'll see from there. This movie didn't really make me fearful for the next um, DC movies, I guess you could say. Because after BVS, I was pretty worried. Now I'm yeah. just, I'm kind of just coasting by. I mean, if it's good, it's good. I've, I've kind of, my expectations dropped a lot yeah. after BVS. So, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll see. But, you know, I am keen on Jeff Johns. I mean, this guy's incredible with the comic books. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what they can do. Yeah. I, I think I'm a bit more optimistic, yeah. I would say, coming okay. out of this. and. Not because I think this movie did what it needed to do for the DC Cinematic Universe, but for the sense that they tried something different. It didn't land, Mm -hmm. but it shows that they're willing maybe to take a little risk. Yes. And I can appreciate that. And now what I think they need to do is let their directors and their writers have a little bit of creative freedom Mm -hmm. and let them produce something and hire the right people that you want to give you a movie that fits their style. Yeah. Right? You don't hire J.J. Abrams to give you a small horror film. Yeah. Right? No. You don't hire these specific writer-directors. You don't hire James Gunn to give you something that's not James Gunn. Exactly. Yeah. Right? That's why we saw Edgar Wright leave Ant-Man, yeah. because they wanted something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's time for them to relinquish a bit of this power or whatever, this fear, and this concept that the executives think that they can make a better movie than a filmmaker that's put time, effort, blood, sweat, and tears into a movie mm-hmm. and to produce a vision. If they're going for a specific thing, fine. But if you're going to just to make money, like I, I get the concept that, that you need to make money, but at some point people are going to be like, well, fuck this. We're not going to see this anymore. <laughs> it's because be the yeah, Transformers still kill it. They still make money, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, which yeah, bothers me. But <laughs> it's, it, I just I can't see them continuing to go down this path of we're going to continue metal in this and the critical reception. They have to be sitting there being like, okay, we have to change something. Jeff John's coming in. I think Wonder Woman needs to be the movie. Oh, yes. it's so If this doesn't big. land, yeah. they're in big, big If this trouble. doesn't totally land, is the, if Wonder Woman doesn't land, is the DCEU dead? Well, they have Justice League that's yeah, filmed so, yeah, at still, that point. Still go Are them. they going to scale back and say, can we make a Flash movie or a whatever movie for $50 million mm-hmm. and try something along the lines of that? Yeah. That might be how the path that they have to go. Yeah. Or do they just scrap everything and say, let's just bring in the best parts of this and say, we'll do Justice League. After that, it's just Batman movies. Exactly, I was just gonna say, we'll, yeah. we'll put in go Superman back, and, yeah. and just go with what they know. They could just go straight Bat yeah. Family, just pumping yeah. out Batman, Batman, oh, Batman. It'd be so Nightwing. disappointing because, I mean, you know, you look at Marvel and you get all these different characters and then you look at DC and it's just been Batman, 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 Superman, Superman, Superman. And then you finally get like something different like Suicide Squad. And I enjoyed it. 
do you think it's just something to do is it just inherently the characters is marvel are their characters just intrinsically more interesting than dc characters or is it just a fact that hey we've had these two characters they're two of the three largest superheroes so let's just pump out these films no, I think they have great characters over there at DC. So I definitely don't think it's the characters. I think partially blame is Zack Snyder at this point, you could say. <laughs> he didn't have anything to do with this movie, although he did direct the he Flash scene. He did direct scene. a little bit of that scene. But, yeah. but um, you know, going off of BVS, that, that, that was pretty much all him, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, they just, like I said, they need to let people have that creative freedom. Yeah. yeah. And to produce something that contrasts what they've done so far. Mm-hmm. And they have to have a vision, like you said. Jeff Johns could be that guy. Yeah. They need to have someone at the helm. Mm-hmm. steering the ship yes. in the direction that needs to go keeping track of all this and yeah. being like what worked what didn't work let's modify that yes yeah. and go from there let's change up the script here let's mm-hmm. let's not write a three-hour movie let's write a two-hour movie <laughs> and shoot a two-hour yeah. movie yeah stuff like that i don't know yeah. it's that's just maybe the path maybe they need to go and i think they've probably corrected that one one the trailers look fantastic yes they do yes yeah. and it looks like that they've got a solid story there mm-hmm. and it's a focused story yes yeah and it's it's centralized around a single character which is something yes. You know, I really like Man of Steel, oh, yeah. which yeah. was focused around one character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The two films that I've had issues with are ensemble casts with yeah. directors maybe that aren't good at giving you ensemble movies. Yes. And so again, coming back and focusing around just Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. I think it'll benefit a lot from having that sort of focus in on a single character. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then coming out of that, maybe they'll have kind of worked out some of the kinks with their ensemble, having Ben Affleck having more of an influence there and having Jeff Johns and Zack Snyder even shooting maybe more of the action sequences and, and letting Ben Affleck and someone else direct some of the more you know person-to-person dialogue scenes and that maybe that Zack Snyder isn't as strong at. I think they can benefit from this, mm-hmm. but they need mm-hmm. Wonder Woman to land. Definitely. Yep. Oh, I agree. Do you think if Wonder Woman doesn't land, Justice League you know, doesn't land as well, is there a possibility that they just bring a dump truck full of money back into Christopher Nolan's house and say, here, it's very take it? You're now our Kevin Feige. You he won't do that. You no. put your thumb. Yeah. I mean, he's a big Batman fan. I mean, he won't touch Batman again. But you I can't mean, do a DC cinematic universe without Batman. No, uh, no, no. I meant like, sorry, like you have him direct like a solo film. Like maybe be like, okay, well, revisiting the Nolan verse. No, not revisiting so much as in coming back and being like, okay, well, we we can't give you Batman because you know you you it's too different. But say here's Green Arrow. You give us a kick-ass Green Arrow movie, get the fans re-excited for the DC, and then we'll continue on. Could you see them doing something like that? Well, see, it's hard to say with that because as wicked as Christopher Nolan is, and he's great, like I mentioned before in the last podcast, he, he was definitely showing some fatigue doing the third movie. I don't think he can do anything more than two movies with each character, mm-hmm. right? So it's hard to say if he has that vision to do all that kind of stuff. Plus, I'm pretty sure he's done with... The superhero, I think yeah. he's pretty well, stuck in well, where he wants to Dunkirk go. Dunkirk just yeah. dropped. Yeah, the great trailer. Great trailer. Yeah. trailer. Something so. completely different from Nolan. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. So I don't, I don't think he'd go back that direction. It, it's, it's tough to say though. I don't yeah. think they'll ever make a new Star Wars film again. And <laughs> money talks, money talks. So you know, that's true. If you give someone a hundred million, like they were going to give Daniel Craig a hundred million to be Bond for two films. So, you know, if you give Christopher Nolan $100 million and say make two down, films, though. yeah, <laughs> but maybe if they gave him 150, 200 mil, I mean, think about it. Like, those films, like Christopher Nolan and superhero films, everyone would be lining up. Well, off would the you block. want to direct or would you want to just be like that guiding force? Well, he was kind of like that in Man, Man of Steel, Steel. Yeah. yeah. And that's great. Yeah, well, yeah. it's still decisive, like fans. But yeah. he, they didn't really listen to him. Like, Nolan's like, I don't think you should kill Zod. And Snyder's like, nah, let's just kill him. Yeah. So, I mean, true. maybe give him final say and say, okay. Listen to Nolan. Yeah. 
maybe he can do the Man of Steel sequel. I don't know. We'll we'll get into that. Down next the road. episode. Yeah, down the episode. So guys, um we're at the third DCEU film. Give us a quick ranking from your uh, most favorite to the least favorite, and then we'll get into recommendations. So Man of Steel for me, top. So okay. Suicide Squad, Batman for Superman. Wow. Uh me, definitely Man of Steel for sure. Yeah. Um it's tough. I've been going back and forth with Suicide Squad and BVS. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably gonna go Suicide Squad, and then I'll go BVS at the bottom there. Okay, yeah. I'm going uh, BVS Ultimate Edition, Man of Steel, and then Suicide Squad. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right, so should we give our recommendations? Yeah, let's lay down some nerd recommendations, guys. <laughs> all right, all right. So Sanjay. I'll probably be the most positive one. I recommend watching it in theaters and buying the Steelbook. It's worth seeing if you're a fan. All the Easter eggs are great. Um, it was a great, fun film. It puts the fun back in DC Funimatic Universe, so uh, check it out. I... I enjoyed it. As I said, it was my least favorite DC um, Cinematic Universe film, but it was fun, great action. So all its faults, like I do find faults in it, but I do find a lot of good with it. So I say check it out. Troy. Yeah, I say go check it out. I mean, it's uh, it's an acquired taste, but I think everyone should have a, <laughs> have a preview of this movie, right? Yeah. Um, I necessarily didn't like it, but uh, you might like it out there. So definitely go out there and check it out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, what are your thoughts? <laughs> what is your recommendation? Well, I'm going to say a few words here before I give my recommendation, or not. Okay. I think this is, again, DC running before it can walk. Yeah. I had a lot of expectations going into this, which maybe it should have been dampened by B versus S. <laughs> but I think it does succeed in the sense that I found it more or less entertaining, mm-hmm. and we did get some great characters out of it. Yeah. But again, it failed to be the film that I thought or wanted it to be for the DC Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. Standouts for me were Will Smith and Margot Robbie. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. I thought they took too many liberties with their characters as far as the character development, the gaps that they wanted you to jump and to feel and sympathize with these characters, Mm -hmm. which is fine. But I felt when they were doing that, they cluttered up the plot that was already thin. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to explore some of these characters a bit more. And like I said before, I just kind of push aside and even kill off some of these other characters so we could focus in on maybe four of the main characters there. And, you know, the villain, we've gone through all this, sucked. <laughs> yeah. uh, it falls to some of the comic book tropes yeah. as far as having this faceless army. And, yeah, again, like I said, I think it succeeds in giving us something that's different from the Trinity, which is a good thing yeah. for the, the DC Cinematic Universe. And, down the road, these characters can be developed into characters I think that people become quite attached to. Mm-hmm. Given more time and a clear vision, I think this gives me a bit more optimism that this universe can work. But like I said before, it needs someone helming it. Yeah. It needs to have creative freedoms for the directors and the writers, and they need to just do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this wasn't the 180 that I was expecting from Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. It's more like it's, a 90s? I wouldn't even say 70s. that. This is, <laughs> like we're 13. following along very similar paths here, but I <laughs> yeah. felt that this film had less pathetically sad characters yeah. <laughs> and more like just contrasting characters that I had fun with. I yeah. laughed more in this movie than I laughed in Batman vs. Superman, mm-hmm. oh, which sure. I liked. And I thought, like I said, Will Smith was great. The Joker was okay. Mm-hmm. I can get into him. So there, there's there's good positive aspects mm-hmm. here, but again, the editing and the the plot itself were thin and choppy, and I didn't appreciate on some of the cutscenes in that. So yeah. I'm going to recommend this. I'm going to give it a weak recommend. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. going to say if you like the theater going experience, it's fine. I don't think you need to see this on the big screen, mm-hmm. 
There's nothing about the 3D that I saw no, that kind I of jumped out at you, so don't waste your 3D. money there. No. Check it on 2D, cheap, cheap Tuesdays, or wait till it comes out in Blu-ray or rent it on iTunes or whatever. Get the Steelbook. Um, I think that <laughs> if you appreciate the cinematic universe that they're building, that this is probably a movie you need to see. Yeah. Um, they benefit, like I said before, from having a foundation where they can give winks and nods and tip their hats to different things. I like that, that yeah. continuity about that. That's something that hits home for me. Yeah. And so, yeah, check this out, but maybe not in theaters. Do <laughs> it right. on the cheap. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Get the cereal. It looks delicious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a great poster, yeah. by the way. The uh, IMAX poster they gave out with the cereal. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we got one more comic book movie this year. That's Doctor Strange. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's coming in November, and we've got a full slate of podcasts set up for the next, yeah. all the way up until Rogue One. That's right. That's right. So yes. up until celebrating our one-year anniversary in oh, December. Yeah. Oh, what do you give someone for a one-year anniversary? It's paper. Here you go, Tim. Here's my notes. <laughs> I think it's paper. Yeah, because I think linen is too. Anyways, so, guys, as always, it was a pleasure talking Suicide Squad. It was. It was yeah. a blast. So if you're looking for us, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Our handles are at the end of the episode. That's right. You can find us basically all over Google Play, all that sort of stuff. If you want any input into the show or have any questions, comments, you can always hit us up on Twitter or email at the nerdrm at gmail.com we're going to be back next week again three of us yeah. so we're going to be a bit more of a straight path here as far mm-hmm. as presence of individuals you're pretty much everywhere yeah <laughs> you can check us even that one awkward thunder down under episode we did <laughs> <laughs> we killed it captain boomerang has nothing on us <laughs> all right guys for the nerd room i'm tim i'm sanjay i'm joy and thank you for entering the nerd room Put the chain on. Yeah, you gotta lock it. <laughs> Do you know how I think we should open this? Is like when the Joker in the trailer's like, all this chit chat's gonna get you killed. Because we're chit chatting about Suicide Squad. <laughs> and he does say that, you know, all this chit chat yeah. will get us killed. That's, that's true, eh? Alright, guys, we are out. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. You can find our hosts, Tim, Sunday, and Troy, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, 1912 Podcasting, and Troy, the Boy 87 